thank you so much. Thank you very much, uh, Anele. Um, colleagues, please, can I excuse myself um, from the beginning of the meeting? I uh, is one of the st our staff members in our um, parliamentary constituency office um, passed away uh, two, uh, well, a week ago, just over a week ago. And I've been asked, of course, as a member of parliament deployed to that parliamentary constituency office to pay tribute on behalf of the um, PCO um, at the funeral of, of Ms. Eunice Matenja, may her soul rest in peace. I will then have to excuse myself for a while where I'll hand over to the whip, um, Honorable Dibulelo Mashati, to continue with the meeting. But I thought perhaps I'll just start the meeting for us and indicate to us that we will be dealing with um, a, a, an update on the certification backlog um, that we've been trying to um, eradicate and ultimately reach a day zero of the certification backlog, as well as getting an update um, on the work that the department has been doing in dealing with bogus um, or illegal uh, TVET colleges, particularly those that are private, or well, of course, those that are private. Um, it's a matter that we've seen the Deputy Minister Putima Namela work on, and we'd like to um, have a better update um, from the department and the ministry on work being done there. May I check, Anele, if um, the DM Manamela is on the platform? Yes. Yes, All right. uh, like yes I'm here. With, I'm in the chair. I'm uh, here. <laughs> Thank you uh, very much, DM. <laughs> it's traditional. Um, I'm here, and... Um, I'd also like to be to be excused probably around uh, uh, ten or just before that. I've got an engagement at ten um, on uh, uh, which is a, a symposium on skills uh, and and the role of the private sector. So if I could be excused around that time, uh, but I hope that would would have covered a bit of ground uh, by the time I leave. Thank you, uh, Chairperson. All right. Thank you very much, uh, um, Honourable Butima Namela, the Deputy Minister. It will be very important um, at that uh, symposium, DM, that you make it very clear that whilst we as government try and ensure that uh, young people have the requisite skills for them to be active participants of our economy, that uh, industry and the private sector also plays their part in ensuring that uh, those young people um, receive the training, uh, the working training that they, they that is required, but also that they are absorbed um, by by the sector um, as well. So um, we wish you all the best with your engagements there. Um, I will then like to uh, hand over to Honorable Mashati to continue with the meeting. Um, and of course, uh, Honorable Mashati will allow for the Deputy Minister to make his opening remarks before handing over to the department as well as the other entities um, that will be presenting. And I will then rejoin the meeting just after the service um, of the funeral this morning. Thank you so much, uh, Honorable Mashati. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, and good morning, colleagues, and good morning, uh, Minister, and the team from the department. Without uh, wasting any more time, I'll therefore hand over to the DM to do his opening remarks and therefore hand over to the department. Okay, thank you. Um, <coughs> whip, uh, and also to members of the uh, portfolio committee, um, and our DG, um, uh, Dr. Nkosnati Sishi, and the team from the department will be part of this uh, uh, briefing. 
Um, <clears throat> and let me let me say that we really welcome this uh, this opportunity because it gives us uh, some time to engage with the committee on some of the work that we are doing. Um, uh, and to start by saying that our key responsibilities as the Department of Higher Education and Training is to ensure that a national uh, quality assurance framework is in place um, in order to maintain and protect the integrity of the qualifications of our institutions. Um, and this is one of the areas which will be briefing the committee on. And I think related to this is our responsibility to ensure that our institutions offer uh, offer education and training uh, uh, you know that those institutions are properly registered but also want to give members a sense of the progress we've made in this regard and the challenges we've encountered because uh, and, and that this will be shown in the uh, in the presentations to the committee so the first presentation will give members an update on the certification by clock and the proliferation of illegal private providers. And um, I must say, uh, WIP, uh, as chair of the meeting, uh, that we've made significant progress in the reduction of certification backlogs. And some of the steps that we've taken was the establishment of the team comprising of our department, uh, Umalusi and the, sec uh, the State Information Technology Agency, which, uh, will also brief the committee on this matter and that we've reduced this backlog to close to 99.85%, almost to uh, zero. Uh, and furthermore, regional task teams have been set up to address current and future certification matters with a view to strengthen capacity at college level and therefore averting any future backlogs. Uh, and I think the relationship between the uh, team we've established at a national level the regional task teams uh, and what happens at a college level has been one of the uh, crucial knots that we had to untie uh, for us to succeed in ensuring that we um, <clears throat> reduce the backlog to uh, uh, close to 100%. Sec well, then as far back as uh, 2011, um, <clears throat> We're working with the South African Police Services and the Department of Basic Education. We've been cracking down on the operators of bogus colleges. Uh, and over 40 operators of illegal colleges have been arrested, which includes US-based operators who use the uh, logo of the Department of Education Training. And it's a way of enticing students. Because of the involvement of uh, US operators, we've also laid charges with the FBI and have published a list of colleges, local and international, on our website as a means to warn the public about alleged unscrupulous providers and their modus operandi. And I must say, um, Chair uh, of the uh, meeting, that uh, one of uh, the uh, key reasons why we have somewhat seen a reduction of the number of uh, uh, illegally operating colleges is because our such our unit in the department has been working quite hard with some of the colleges that uh, uh, were committed to meet the uh, requirements uh, and have helped them to become properly registered institutions. I've been to 
uh, some of these institutions who in the past were operating illegally and have now, uh, you know, are compliant with all the regulations in our country. So the strategy has obviously been to shut down those who are unprepared to compromise, uh, but also to help those who are willing uh, to comply to the laws of our country, um, you know, so that they can uh, register. The uh, second presentation by Uma Lucy on the updating the certification backlog and uh, on the quality assurance of TVET examinations and assessment. We have been dealing with certifications backlog for students who set for examinations over multiple examinations and thereafter apply for a combination of results after which certification processes follow. Uh, and this has been at the crux of uh, some of the challenges relating to the backlog. The core of students does not automatically qualify for certification as the quality assurance process and controls have obviously got to be administered for compliance with certification protocols. So this presentation will give us a status report outlining progress made between February 2020 to March 2022. And this, of course, will be complemented by the third presentation that will be made by the State Information Technology Agency and the DG will lead the presentation by the department. Um, he is uh, accompanied uh, by uh, a competent team of DDGs. A couple of DDGs are here. Uh, DDG Gaza, uh, DDG Levin, uh, also DDG uh, Valo of the skills development uh, and also DDG Mbobo uh, Bava, corporate services and DDG Fuchani for community colleges uh, and also uh, some uh, of the uh, senior staff in our uh, department. Uh, and I, I uh, 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 expect that the uh, delegation of the Umalusi, which is uh, led by the chairperson of the council, will, and the uh, CEO, uh, Dr. Akometsi, would also introduce the entire team, and similarly uh, would Sita and all the other people are here. So if I could, uh, Chair, um, ask that the uh, we then get into the uh, presentation. I think you can help us determine the order within which you expect the presentations to be made. Um, but otherwise, that's, uh, we, we're here uh, at your uh, service as it relates to uh, this engagement on uh, this important question. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, DM. And um, I think we would take the order in which you were making the uh, opening remarks at DM. Where we'll start with, uh, as per the agenda, we'll start with Amalusi on the uh, certificate backlog, and then illegal or illegal private colleges, followed by 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 quality assurance, technical and vocational training, uh, examination assessment, and then we'll take that order. So I'll be led uh, by by yourself in in indicating whether DG will be the one and leading the team through. Yeah. Okay, I think DG will then yeah. introduce them in that order. Thank you. Thank you very much. DG? 
Okay, maybe maybe um, we can we can ask the the um, uh, the chair and CEO of Malusi to to start, and then uh, and then uh, the rest can can then follow uh, because uh, yeah, I think the DG has got issues with connectivity, but he will. Uh, then join us. Maybe Chair and uh, CEO of Malus, if you can start with the presentation. Thank you, Honourable um, uh, Deputy Minister Manamela. Uh, my name is John Warming. I uh, am here to introduce the Umalusi team and make a few comments, general comments. Uh, but allow me to introduce the delegation from Umalusi. Uh, Dr. Rakumetsi, as you had mentioned, the CEO, uh, also Mr. Emmanuel Sibanda, the Executive Manager for Qualifications and Research. Uh, Ms. Zodwa Modimakwani, she's the Executive Manager, Quality Assurance and Monitoring. And Dr. Eva Suji, Senior Manager, Qualifications, Curriculum and Certification. There's also Dr. Mary Antoinette Dliwayo, the Senior Manager, Post-School Qualifications, Mr. Gerard Boyce, Manager Certification, and lastly, uh, Dr. Lucky Dituaniani, Senior Manager, Public Relations and Communications. I would like to uh, thank uh, the Honourable Chair and Honourable Members of the Portfolio Committee on Higher Education, Science and Innovation for affording us the opportunity to report on the following, A, Umalusi's role in the certification value chain and the progress of the eradication of the certification backlog. And secondly, uh, the uh, quality assurance of the 2021 national examinations in relation to the TVET qualifications. As you know, Umalusi uh, is the quality council in general and further education and training and has the mandate uh, to quality assure and issue certificates in all qualifying learners, uh, in, to all qualifying learners in the general and further education training qualification sub-framework of the National Qualifications Framework. And according to the NQF Act of 67 of 2008, as amended, Umalusi is required to develop and implement policies for the quality assurance within its sub-framework to ensure the integrity and credibility of the qualifications and certificates issued by Umalusi. So in order to accomplish the mandate of issuing certificates, Umalusi depends on the assessment bodies to submit the requests for certification in compliance with the regulations and directives for certification. Umalusi is responsible for the quality assurance uh, of the following qualifications that are relevant to the work of this committee. Firstly, there's the General Education and Training Certificate, the GETC, that's at NQF level one. Then there's a National Certificate, Vocational NCV, levels two, three, and four and also the quality assurance of the NATED report uh, 190, uh, 191 
engineering studies into an entry, but uh, we only issue, well, Lucia only issues certificates for the N3, uh, not for the N2. In other words, the certificates for N1, N2, as well as N4, N5, N6 are issued by the Department of Higher Education and Training. As a quality council, Umalusi must thoroughly scrutinize and validate the data submitted by the department before issuing these certificates. Unfortunately, it must be reported that several rejections have happened in the past before certificates could be issued because Umalusi must ensure the compliance with all its quality assurance processes. So in an attempt to make the issuing of certificates more efficient, I'm delighted to inform the Portfolio Committee uh, that there has been progress made in the development of the online system for the applications of replacement certificates if the candidate's certificates have been lost or damaged. And the objective of the online system is to provide an alternative method for candidates to apply for the replacement of their certificates if their certificates have been lost or damaged. And the development of the online system has been completed and Umalus is in the testing phase of the project as per the initial project plan. And the intention is to deploy the online application with the start of the next financial year, the 1st of April, 2022. Furthermore, Umalusi is uploading all certificates, uh, certified learners, all their records on the National Learners Records Database, the NLRD, that's maintained by SACWA at no charge within 30 days after complying with all the requirements applicable to quality assurance relating to the qualifications or part qualifications as per the NPF Amendment Act 12 of 2019. Well, is also pleased with the progress on the eradication of the backlog, as, as the Deputy Minister has reported, and the, the Department has reported at our Qualification Standards Committee meeting that was held on the 9th of February, that uh, there the Department reported a 99.8% reduction rate, despite the challenges that it faces. And we are extremely happy with that. Umalusi remains committed to supporting all efforts from the department and CETA to resolve the backlog of certificates and to ensure that the backlog remains at zero. However, it remains a big concern that there are still candidates who deserve a certificate, but are without a certificate at this time. Furthermore, Umalusi is still grappling with the outstanding debt of colleges. As previously reported, the certificates that are withheld due to the account of private colleges being in arrears, those are not regarded as backlog, quote unquote, by Umalusi, because the certificates, the, the transaction has been successfully processed and ready for printing once payment is received. However, it, it has a snowball effect, and this affects the current learners who are enrolling at their colleges. Umalusi has 
review this policy for the reissue of the national certificates and the policy was gazetted for implementation. In addition, Umalusi has also published the policy for the certification of candidates uh, of their records on the general and further education and training qualification sub-framework for public comment in 2021. And this policy is now in the final stages of being gazetted. Regarding the uh, quality assurance of the 2021 national examinations, Umalusi has once again delivered on its mandate of quality assuring the conduct, administration and management of the national exams. And on the 18th of January this year, we issued a statement to the South African public outlining the processes followed in the quality assurance of the national examinations for all qualifications, except the NATED programs, whose quality assurance process was only finalized last week, and more details will be given in the presentation by Umalusi. So in conclusion, uh, Honorable Chairperson, Umalusi wants to reassure the Portfolio Committee of its commitment to working with the department and CETA to put a certificate in every qualifying candidate's hands. I thank you and now hand over to, the, to Dr. Rakumetsi and the team to present the two reports. <coughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Professor Polming. Um, Honorable Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee, Acting Chairperson, Honorable Mashatsi, uh, Honorable Deputy Minister uh, Manamela, Honorable Members, DG, colleagues, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, with your permission, Chair, we are going to follow the following order. We, we are, I'm going to ask uh, Dr. Suji to do the certification backlog, after which she's going to hand back to me to do some introductory remarks on the quality assurance of assessment of TVET colleges. And immediately thereafter, I'll hand over to Dr. Dliwayo, who will do the presentation also like, just like Dr. Suji, and then hand back uh, to me. We'll try to be quick in the interest of time Without much ado, I'm handing over, Chairperson, with your permission, to Dr. Eva Suji. Uh, good morning, and thank you very much uh, for this opportunity. I'm just going to put off my videos. I'm just showing it so that you see I'm not a robot. So thank you, and good morning, everyone. Good morning, Honorable Deputy Minister, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable members of the Portfolio Committee, Provormang, uh, Dr. Sishi, the CEO of CETA, um, members of um, Uma Lucy, members of CETA, and members of the DIET. Thank you very much. Morning, thank Doctor. You very much. Um, sorry yes. to interject. Sorry, to, we apologize for interjecting. Is it possible that we can put the presentation on slideshow? Thank you. Thank you. Right. Uh, thank you very much. I'm going to present, uh, as uh, indicated by our CEO, I'm going to present on the certification, our role, as well as the uh, status uh, and the progress of the certification backlog. Now, first of all, as the, C the chairperson of council has introduced, we are responsible to issue certificates to learners who have achieved qualifications at the exit points 
in general and further education and training as stipulated in Section 17A6 of our Gen Fetwa Act. UMALUS is mandated to ensure that these certificates are credible, both nationally and internationally. Therefore, UMALUSI as the Quality Council for general and further education and training must ensure compliance of candidate resulting in certification data with policies and relevant legislation. Now, to fulfill its role on the issuing of certificates, UMALUSI develops and implements policies and directives for certification. As you'll also see in the NQF Act, 67 of 2008 is amended. You'll see that for our mandate and our functions, we develop and implement policies. So that's the same for certification as well. We maintain acceptable quality assurance standards for the awarding of certificates. We maintain a certification system and infrastructure, including appropriate security arrangements. We verify certificates that we issue. We also then issue certificates, which includes your first issues, the replacements, which is the duplicate, and that is the online system that we are developing, and then also for reissue. So the online system will only be for replacements or duplicates. Now, uh, the role of the DHEAD or assessment bodies in the certification value chain. From the DHEAD, we require them to determine the result of a candidate in accordance with the national policies for qualifications registered on the GFET QSF. They will then supply the final marks to UMALUSI in the format outlined in the directives for certification. We have directives for each qualification. So the assessment bodies must then supply the final marks in the format as outlined in the directives. Umalusi, our role, we must ensure compliance of the candidate data with policies and relevant legislation for the resulting in certification of learner achievements. Then we provide feedback to the DHET with reasons when we reject a certification transaction. And then if we approve the transactions, the data, we then certify the learner records and we issue the certificates. Now, Umalusi processes the data set on receipt from the DEAD. And we can confirm in terms of the progress and status of the certification backlog from Umalusi's side. There are no backlog or outstanding data sets as receipts from the DEAD. However, we have very stringent quality assurance measures as we must ensure that the, the certificates that we issue, they are credible and they are, they, you know, there's not a question mark on the certificates that Umalusi issues. So therefore, we have stringent quality assurance measures in place. Unfortunately, this uh, result in rejections when it's not of the, when it doesn't adhere to our quality assurance measures, we do uh, reject then, as I said previously, and we re reject it with reasons. So from Umalusi's side, we continue with the processing of data sets, the printing and the dispatching of certificates. Also, in addition, we assist the DIET in identifying records of candidates that have passed subjects over multiple examinations and who qualify for a full certificate. So we identify these records and we send it then to the DHEAD. Also, we assist the DHEAD to identify records that were approved at resulting and not yet certified or, or, or we also identify the, the rejected 
certification transactions that are still outstanding. So if we reject and they did not resubmit, we also identify those and we send it to the DHET. Then, just to say that Umalusi remains committed to support and provide assistance with the certification and the eradication of the backlog. As our chairperson has mentioned in his opening remarks, Umalusi has monitored the eradication of the backlog through our Qualification Standards Committee, which is a subcommittee of our council. Now, the eradication of the backlog is a standing item on our QSC agenda. And then the reports from the QSC are then tabled at the council meetings. And as the DET reported at the last QSC meeting, Umalusi is very pleased with the target reach and the overall achievement of more than 99% eradication of the backlog. Umalusi maintains close collaboration between stakeholders to resolve the backlog. So during quarterly meetings, as well as bilateral, uh, bilateral meetings between Umalusi and the DHEAD, we monitor the backlog. Also, we have a certification task team meeting with the DHEAD, where we address operational matters and challenges regarding certification. And in addition to the certification meetings, we are, uh, we are having day-to-day -day engagements on transactions between the officials from Umalusi the Diet and Sita. So in conclusion, I want to say that Umalusi remains committed to reduce and to ensure that there are no outstanding certificates. And we are also committed to support the Diet and Sita in solving problems, preventing the certification of candidates. And I just want to remind you again that Umalusi is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year under the theme Two Decades of Education Guardianship. And I think the CEO will also elaborate on our 20th anniversary celebration this year. I thank you very much. I will now give over to the CEO. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Suji. Can you stop sharing? Dr. Dliwayo is going to be sharing now. Dr. Dliwayo. And then we are going to go to the slot on the quality assurance of assessment of TVET college examinations. Slide mode, please, Dr. Dliwayo. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay. I'll continue. I'll, I'll hand over to you at some point, Dr. Liwayo. The, the presentation outline would be as follows. We're going to, 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 to look at the Umalusi mandate and uh, our regulatory framework. And then we're going to look at the framework for the quality assurance of assessment. And then we'll look at the quality assurance processes undertaken in 2021, looking at the scope of the 2021 quality assurance of assessment areas of improvement, tracking of directives for compliance, and looking at uh, the period 2019 to 2021, and we're going to look at standardization and resulting, looking at the recommendations and conclusion. I'll be sharing this presentation with Dr. Kliwayo. And then moving to, to the next slide, we, 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 we derive our mandate for quality assurance of assessment from two pieces of legislation 
the National Qualifications Framework, NEQF Act Number 67 of 2008, Sections 27H and 27I, and the General Further Education and Training Quality Assurance Act, as amended in 2008, Section 17A, which states that the Council must perform the external moderation of assessment of all assessment bodies and education institutions, and also that the Council may adjust remarks during the standardization process, and that the Council must, with the concurrence of the Director General, and after consultation with the relevant assessment body or education institution, approve the publication of the results of learners if the Council is satisfied that the assessment body or education institution has satisfied the conditions that warrant such assessment. Chairperson, we, we've got a framework that we follow for the quality assurance of assessment. Uh, we, we conduct um, quality assurance of assessment to ensure that assessment leading to the award of certificates in schools, community education and training colleges, and technical and vocational education and training colleges is of the required standard. Those certificates have to be credible that we issue as Umaluzi. Hence, we conduct quality assurance of assessment. We achieve um, this through the moderation of examination question papers. The question papers are moderated by Umaluzi, moderation of critical assessment tasks and um, common assessment tasks. We monitor uh, the, and, and monitor site-based assessment, integrated common assessments, ICAS and integrated summative assessment task ISET. And, and also we, we monitor the conduct, administration and management of assessment and examination processes. Um, we, we monitor and quality assure marking and the management of marking concessions and examinations irregularities. Uh, standardization of assessment outcomes and approval of the release of the results. Those are the things that we focus on according to our framework of quality assurance of assessment. I'm going to hand over to Dr. Dlewayo to proceed with the presentation. Dr. Dlewayo. Thank you, CEO, and uh, good morning. I'll just show my video also briefly and then put it off. Thank you very much. And I'm going to continue from where the CEO has stopped. And good morning to the Deputy Minister, to the Acting Chairperson, Honorable Chairperson, to the Honorable Committee Members, to the DG, uh, Sishi and his delegation from the DHEAD, to the Chairperson of Umalusu Provolmink, to the CEO and his delegation, and also to the members from CETA. I'll continue from this where the CEO had stopped and take you through the quality assurance processes that were undertaken by Umalusi in 2021 for the National Certificate Vocational Qualification. So in my next slide, I'll take it that the presentations have been read because of the number of slides that I have. On this slide, we will just want to indicate to you that the National Certificate Vocational Examinations were administered by the Department of Higher Education and Training and also Quality Assured and Certified by Umalusi. And for this slide, it's trying to indicate to you the candidate cohort that wrote these examinations from 2019 up to 2021. As can be gleaned from this presentation, 
you can actually tell that there has been a dip in, in the 2021 in the number of candidates compared to 2020 that had registered and also comparatively to 2019 when we had 133 candidates and you can see that there has been a slight improvement in 2020 2019 however there is also a drop for 2019 2020 and the next slide also indicates to you the examination centers that administered these examinations. And you can see that we, in 2021, we had 249 centers that uh, administered these examinations, 21 of which were private colleges, 220 were public colleges, and eight correctional services centers. And we did not have any school that actually administered in 2021. Under the moderation of question papers, which is one of the key quality assurance processes that we undertook, we approved 160 question papers with their marking guidelines for the November 2021 examinations. And these question papers actually went through different levels of moderation and were approved at different levels as indicated below. And it must be indicated that of the 160 question papers, all of them were actually approved by Omalusi. However, at first moderation, it shows that we did, a, this is actually a moderation that was taken at different levels and the figures that you see there was mainly at first moderation level. In terms of the areas of improvement, we identified quite a number of areas of improvement on the side of the DHEAD. I'll pick on some of them, I won't read through all of them. And I think in the first one, we looked at the technical aspects of the question papers and we found that there was a significant improvement in the technical aspect of the question paper. This is key because the technical aspect would include your subjects that are indicated on the cover pages and so on. And again, it is also important to note that 91% of the question papers included questions that reflected the latest development in the subject, which was an improvement of 1% from the November 2020 examinations. And also this is important because we just want to indicate to you that the question papers need to develop and to be developmental in nature. 84% of the question papers showed an appropriate distribution of marks and the cognitive levels also. I've, I'm highlighting this also to indicate that the cognitive levels are important in order to cover all types of learners that we are assessing. And also 90% of the question papers did not contain questions that had been asked in their recent years. This is also to ensure the, that we cover the predictivity level of the question papers. Also noting that all non-compliant question papers were amended and approved before they were administered. This slide actually shows to you the, the trend from 2019 to 2021. I'll not focus on all of them, but I just want to focus to the ones that are actually highlighted. But this also indicates to us that we issued directives to the Department of Higher Education and Training to ensure that they improve on the quality of question papers. And this slide shows that there was quite an improvement. And so whether in 2021, as it can be gleaned from this presentation that we are at EMBA and for some of the criteria that were administered and the question papers, for example, in the first one, we submitted to Umalusi all the prescribed requirements and criteria. We find that they met all the requirements and this was an improvement. And also that the internal moderation also had improved in uh, from the DHEAD side, which is one of the issues that we always raise that they should actually rigorously moderate their internal, their question papers.
of noting here in this slide is the red part on the first criteria that the marking guidelines here, the, the DHEC needs to ensure that they are comprehensive and error-free and the allocation of marks are within the questions should also be clearly indicated. This we found that there was no improvement from 2020 to 2021. It was not as required. This is important to note that all the question papers and the marking guidelines should tally so that we, all the candidates are marked uh, as required. So as can be seen from the in November 2021, 45% of the marking guidelines were not accurate. And just like in November 2020, and it was worse, from the 33% of 2019, about 13% of them had errors and mark allocations compared to that of 2019. However, as indicated earlier, all these were corrected just before the question papers were administered. Again, area of concern here is that it is on the issue of using similar questions to that of the previous question papers that were more innovative and to enhance the quality. Again, we need the DHEAD to improve on that uh, criteria. In 2019, 7% of the question papers contained questions that were taken verbatim from the question papers. This increased to 8% in 2020 and 9% in 2021. Oh, that rate needs to be improved on. And also the, the second one here, the question papers here containing information that is recent and relevant in line with the latest trends in industry as well as the latest development in the subject of teaching and learning, the DHEAD needs to indicate to ensure that that takes place. This is a concern because only 1% of the question papers did not comply in November 2019 compared to 6% in November 2020, and this wasn't in 2021. In the next slide, I'm going to talk to you to the internal moderation of the moderation of the internal continuous assessment. This is the assessment which is done at the site level or at the campus level. The subjects that uh, were moderated in October 2021 were 42 out of uh, 231 across the country. And we also could not moderate the orals due to the challenges that were posed by the COVID-19. The oral assessments are the ones that are done in the main, in the languages. And the areas of improvement, however, is that many colleges had maintained files that were neatly arranged and we could find documents easily. And internal moderation had improved and the quality of task also had improved. However, there were concerns, but there were also improvements, as can be gleaned from this slide. And where it is amber, I won't get too much into detail because it shows that there was an improvement. However, in the first one, all centers need to submit their portfolios. As can be seen in 2020, all the centers had submitted, but in 2021, we had challenges that we came across. In the monitoration of the integrated summative assessment task, this is another task that is done, which is in the main a practical in nature. The, the subjects that were moderated in October 2021 is that we moderate the moderation of the asset and the PET in 2021, focus on 54 NCV level four subjects, the final, which is the final exit level of this qualification, as can be, as it, we know that it is a level two, three, and four. In addition, there were three subjects from level three and three subjects from level two that were sampled. In total, Omalusi moderated the conduct of the ISAT and the PET for 60 subjects at 42 sites across the nine provinces. And also in the 44 subjects, we also moderated the student competence in the ISAT and the PET. And we also verified them on site because as I said earlier, it is practical in nature. We further added 16 more subjects that had to be moderated on site. The areas of improvement that were noted 
uh, 67% of the visited sites completed the ISET according to the specification, which is an increase of 9% from the 58% of 2020. And 90% of the site had moderated the end product of both the ISAT conduct and the end product, which is also an improvement from the 2020 uh, that those were done in 2020. Again, here, we want to indicate that there, there was uh, an improvement in this one, and there were also major strides which were made in improving the conduct of the ISAT. We also monitored the state of the readiness of the department to administer these examinations. This was done in November 2021. We actually followed a risk management-based approach in which evaluate, where we were evaluating the level of the preparedness of the assessment body to conduct these examinations. And the main intention was to identify in good time any potential risk that may compromise the delivery of the credible examinations so that if we need to correct, we need to correct on time. Again, in this one, we find that there was quite some improvements on the two criteria. However, in the last one, we could not monitor the centers which was outside the borders of South Africa. And this as this was a new uh, criteria that emerged in 2020 and we could not be monitored because of the challenges that we experienced with the traveling uh, due to the restrictions that were posed. We also monitored the writing of the examinations and this slide indicates to you the number of sites that were 45 which were monitored, which was actually an improvement where we found that the DHET had complied and this was an increase by 3% compared to the previous years. Again, when we monitored the examinations, we found that the last one, I also focus only on the red. All centers, we found uh, the DHET should ensure that all centers are compliant and to the COVID-19 restrictions. We found that there were findings in 2020 and 2021 and there was a slight improvement. However, we found that 29% in 2020 and 20% in 2021, the centers were not fully compliant. We also monitored the marking of the examinations. And here we sampled eight of the 10 DHET marking centers where we visited them. And the areas of improvement that we noted was that there was extra security cards were used and also a WhatsApp group was created to inform marking officials of any security issues. And all the marking centers had firm structures and procedures in place to identify and deal with irregularities. And all the marking centers monitored had qualitative reports and the classrooms and the restrooms were and water was available in the ones that we did. Again, there was improvement looking at the previous years that had taken place in terms of the marking centers. Here again, a concern is raised here in terms of the marking. This was a new directive in 2020. However, we find that uh, we are appealing to the DHEAD to make provision for possible delays of the marking guidelines that it is provided on time and that marking centers should fully comply with the national disaster management protocols and also marking officials should be trained fully for the running of the examination centers, of the marking centers. We also conducted the marking guideline discussions. These are meetings that are attended to standardize the marking guidelines. And here, Umalusi attended 75 face-to-face -face marking guideline discussions. 74 were held online and one was conducted at a marking center. And here we also noted that there was good uh, behavior 
in terms of the professionalism of the uh, uh, markers who attended and the marking guidelines were signed off after an online meeting had taken place. And again, here, there were some areas of improvement. The second one here, the DHEAD must ensure that the marking guidelines discussion start on time. This was what we noted in terms of the attendance. And again, here, we don't have any issues. These are issues that the DHEAD needs to attend to, which are issued in the reports. The next one in the marking guidelines, the chief markers and the internal moderators and need to complete the sample marking before the marking guidelines starts. We found that, again, this needs to be an error that needs to be improved by the DHEAD. We also conducted the verification of marking, and Umalusu moderated the sample of 10 subjects, 12 question papers each for NCB level two and three, and we did 78 question papers for level four. And here we picked up some improvements from the DHEAD and those improvements actually indicate that there was improvement from 2010-2020 where the moderator steadily indicated the script and the question paper. I won't read all of them as this is quite an improvement from the DHEAD. And again, there was also improvement that we highlighted. However, in the first one, we found that there was a drop to 76% in compliance to this criteria and the DHEAD must ensure that the sufficient markers are appointed so that the script limit per marker remains at 300. Again here, on the first one only, the standardizing of level two and level three marking guidelines is forwarded at all sites. We need to make sure that the guidelines are, are submitted. And there was a bit of a dip where 83% uh, comp uh, compliant, compliance was achieved in 2021 compared to 2020. The next section that I'm going to deal with is for the NATED report 190191 engineering studies. This examination was postponed and it, it was conducted in January, February of 2022 instead of November 2021. And in terms of the candidates that wrote this slide, indicates to you again the number of candidates that wrote the examinations. And as can be seen again from the slide, there was a drop in the number of candidates that dropped that wrote in 2021. The number of centers that uh, administered the examinations were 429 for 2021, which is more centers compared to the two previous years. We also conducted the moderation of question papers for the NATED N2 to N3. And here, the number of question papers that Umalusi moderated were 50, 25 for N2 and 25 for N3. And also these numbers also indicate to you the the moderation at different levels, and this was at first moderation level. The areas of improvements that were noted for the moderation of question papers, I'll take only a few here again. In 10% of the question papers, the questions were could easily be spotted or predicted, which was a decrease compared to 20%, meaning that there was an improvement in ensuring that the question papers are not predictable. Again, we found that, okay, the question papers, there were questions from the past three years and examination papers were eliminated. Again, there was also general improvement in the degree of originality of the question papers. The directives, the DHEAD must ensure that the question papers are properly numbered, they're internally moderated, and again, there must be reports that are provided to us when we do the moderation. We also did the moderation of internal continuous assessment for the native qualification. This one, we moderated 42 out of uh, subject at 42 sites. 
There has generally been an improvement in record keeping and assessment practices, which is commendable for the DHEAD. And the quality and the marking of the guide and marking guidelines were also improved. Also improved. There was pre and post assessment moderation, which is also one of the good things. And the capturing of marks was also noted as an improvement. The performance of, improve, of students also improved because it was shown by the support that was given during the marking of the candidates. However, the DHEAD needs to ensure that there are adequate facilities and resources for effective teaching and learning at all sites, and that internal assessment is duly monitored by college management and that internal moderation is strengthened. We also monitored the writing of examinations, and this was done at 37 sites, and this was also done uh, as the candidates were writing their examinations. And in terms of the areas of improvement, we found that the DHET had improved that, uh, for example, the campus managers were appointed as chief invigilators at all examination centers and candidates that wrote the examination had indeed registered to write these examinations. And again, we found that there were absentee forms were also available for candidates who did not pitch up for the examination. In terms of what the DHET is required to do in, the, in this directive is that uh, they are supposed to make sure that the venues are conducive for the writing of examinations and that invigilation is strengthened. Continuing with that, again, they should, the invigilators should arrive on time. And this is quite important because invigilators are key to the writing of examinations and they should be full compliance with the COVID-19 regulations at the different centers. We also monitor the marking of the scripts. And this was done, the marking of the 21 was done at, uh, was conducted at eight marking centers established by the DHEAD across the seven provinces. And this was done by Omalusi staff and also our monitors. And there was improvement in security measures that was under, that we noticed by the, uh, by the DHEAD. However, we say that the DHEAD must also make sure that all personnel report for the marking on time and that all marking centers uh, uh, comply with the occupational health and safety standards, and that markers are selected from relevant programs and qualifications, and marking concessions are implemented accordingly by all marking centers, and marking security is stringent at all marking centers. And again, importantly, the irregularity committee should be duly constituted at all marking centers, and scripts are delivered to the relevant marking center where they are to be marked. And also we did the marking guideline discussions. This was done, we participated at 42 marking guideline uh, standardization meetings. The meetings also were conducted uh, for 30 instructional offerings were done online and for the other 12 were done at Centurion. And here, what you can see is that there was also improvements that were noted. The changes that were made to all marking guidelines, which was 100% of the sampled uh, subject or instructional offerings, had no effect on the cognitive levels, which is good because there was no changes in these question papers or uh, in the marking guidelines. And all the marking staff displayed their professional behavior regarding the standardization of the marking guidelines. And in terms of the directive to the DHEAD, the DHEAD needs to ensure that all marking officials attend the standardization marking guideline meetings and are punctual and the marking guideline discussions and are signed off by Umalusi after the agreement has been done. And also we conducted the verification of marking. And here we did 30 external moderators verified a sample of N2 
and entry instructional offerings at these different centers. And the areas of improvements that were in the way that we noted is that the standard of marking was rated as good in 84% of the eight of the entry instructional offerings. And this was an improvement from 73% in the November 2020 examination, and it was 79% for the entry uh, instructional offerings. And again, it's an improvement compared to 2020. And again, the marks were transferred correctly when we did the verification of marking. The DHEADS needs to improve the standard and quality of the marking. And again, make sure, making sure that there's adherence to the marking guidelines to ensure consistency of marking and that the compilation of the quality reports by chief moderators is also improved. I'll stop here, Chairperson, and hand over to the CEO to continue with the standardization and resulting. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Dliwayo. Honorable Chairperson, I'm going to be very brief uh, in the interest of time. Uh, the question is, what is standardization? Standardization is a process used to eliminate the effects of factors other than the learner's knowledge, abilities, and aptitude in their performance. And then further, why do we standardize? We standardize to ensure that learners are not advantaged or disadvantaged by factors other than their knowledge of the subject, abilities, and aptitude. And to achieve comparability and consistency of the results from one year to the next. How we standardize is uh, we've got principles that we follow that no adjustment should exceed 10% of the historical average in either direction upward or downward, and if the distribution of raw marks is below or above the historical average, the marks may be adjusted either downwards or upwards. In the case of an individual candidate, the adjustment defected should not exceed half of the raw mark obtained by the candidate. And after considering qualitative and quantitative reports, Umalusi formulates positions on each subject. Now, like I said, I'm going to rattle through some slides. Uh, we, we standardize the results not only of the Department of Higher Education and Training, but we standardize the results of all the other assessment bodies, DBE, IEB, Sakai, and we indicate under each assessment body the qualification that we standardize. And then talking about the standardization process, it is an 18-month uh, process and Dr. Gluayo has spoken uh, about each of those processes, so I'm not going to go through them uh, because Dr. Gluayo has spoken about them. You can look at them at your leisure. Now, uh, with the standardization of the NCV, the Department of Higher Education and Training submitted 261 subjects, um, and um, the data sets were we were submitted on time, and uh, we approved the, the standardization results. So I'm going to skip that slide also. You can look at it at your own leisure. Of the 261 subjects presented, we accepted raw marks in 131 in 2021. 91 were adjusted upwards. Uh, 39 were adjusted mainly downwards. Uh, there was no provisional standardization and we did not have any non-standardized uh, subjects. So I think the figures are balancing there. Having said that, you can, you can go back to the previous slide, uh, uh, Antoinette, 
Uh, you can look at uh, comparatively what happened in the previous years in terms of the numbers, November 2019, November 2020, and I've only spoken to November 2021. As Dr. Liwayo and Professor Volmik have already indicated, next slide, uh, the engineering needed 190191 needed uh, report uh, uh, qualifications were only done this year because of COVID. I'm, I'm not going to look at that because that was said already. Next slide. And then we can, we can skip number 77 as well. Then we can, we can indicate on this slide that uh, 57 subjects uh, offerings were presented for adjustment for, for standardization brother and that raw marks were accepted in 41, mainly upwards 8, mainly downwards 8, and then the figures are balanced there. Earlier this year, Professor Volmink uh, conducted uh, an approval media briefing where this statement was read, where we are proving the results of the Department of Education and Training and CV qualification. What is important to note, and maybe we could note this for both qualifications, is that there were some areas where we said the results should be blocked. Next slide. Uh, we said they should be blocked because of some investigations that had to be done, which investigations will be followed by in, uh, verification by Umalusi. Um, that is very important. But I want to just pay some attention on the next slide, which deals with the recommendations on the NCV. Um, the quality of question papers should be improved to, to curb marking concessions. Uh, compliance with internal continuous assessment, I guess, by all sides of teaching and learning. High failure rate by candidates in certain subjects, something that we need to pay attention on. High candidate dropout is something that has to be given attention. Management of irregularities at examinations and marking centers and occurrence of behavioral and acts of dishonesty by candidates during the writing of examinations. Something that is not on the slide that I want to emphasize. Why still on that slide, uh, Dr. Liwayo? Is that private colleges remain the Achilles heel of the Department of Higher Education and Training. Chairperson, uh, I don't know how, how, how I can emphasize this, that a lot of irregularities happen at the private colleges and not at the public TVET colleges. So it is something that the department has to pay attention to. Same with the native programs, next slide. Uh, the results were approved by Professor Volmink at that media briefing and a letter also to the DQ was sent. And we were saying to the department they should block the results on the same basis. You know, ICAS missing and then there were irregularities identified and that the department must submit, must develop and submit an improvement plan to Umalusi for this qualification on the 15th of June, 2022, for the NCV to be a different date for the submission of, of that uh, uh, report, improvement report. Final slide, Chairperson, Umalusi has attained adulthood. Uh, we have grown as an organization. Um, uh, the status of adulthood is attained at 18 in South Africa, according to our law. Uh, we are 20 and we are celebrating our 20th anniversary this year. We'll be making a lot of noise. We'll be having a number of um, 
a ceremony is celebrating this um, and you'll be invited accordingly. Uh, should uh, COVID-19 allow for us to gather uh, in the fashion that we want to. So we are bringing this to your attention that we are celebrating our 20th anniversary and the theme is in the slide that was presented by Dr. Suji. I will not get to the slide now easily because of the pressure of time. Let me read you that uh, theme. The theme is Two Decades of Education, Guardianship, 2002 to 2022. Let me take this opportunity to thank the Honorable Chairperson and members of the Portfolio Committee uh, for listening to us and thank the Department for their support to the work of Fumalusi. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, CEO, and uh, congratulations as an entity for reaching such a milestone of 20 years. We are looking forward to the invitation. Uh, hopefully, when the chair is back, she will make an emphasis around this particular matter. But what we would want to encourage our entities, uh, much as we want to celebrate uh, our such a milestone, it is also important that we prioritize our limited resources to um, critical issues of, 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 of our entities in line with our mandates, but it, does not, it will not kill to really celebrate 20 years of, of, of existence as an entity. Um, thank you very much, uh, colleagues uh, from Umalusi, uh, the CEO, as well as the chairperson of the board and all members of the team who presented today. Thank you very much for your presentations. We will then move towards um, the last presentation, I want to believe, by the department on illegal private colleges. Thank Is you. DG back? Uh, thank you, Chairperson. I appreciate the opportunity. The chairperson, I, I trust that uh, you you can uh, see our presentation, which is consolidated, uh, covering uh, all the issues that uh, have been presented, including the eradication of certificates. I trust you'll allow us to, in the interest of time, just cover all the areas that uh, are reflected in the slide. If you agree, Chair. Um, yes, Tichi, but it seems like, unless it's only me, the presentation is not on the screen. Do members see the presentation or it could be um, my site alone? It's not yet loaded, Chair. Okay. Tichi, is not yet loaded. Okay, Chairperson, I think uh, in the interest of time, can you load it from on your site? Uh, Anele, will you kindly assist uh, DG to load the, the presentation from our site? Uh, we'll just take a just two minutes to because um, I'm sure Anele was not <laughs> ready, DG. 
but let's just uh, give him a moment to, to load it first before we continue. Okay, no, noted, Chair. I will just have a look at it. Thank you, Chair. Here we go. Uh, Tichi, the presentation is on the screen. You can continue. Uh, thank you. If you could put it on a uh, presentation mode, please. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Chair, I, I wish to take this opportunity to uh, recognize uh, the entire uh, portfolio committee uh, uh, members, uh, including the chair of the uh, portfolio committee. And thank you for this opportunity. Um, um, the chair of Umalusi Council, uh, Professor Walming, and the CEO of Umalusi, Dr. Akumetsi, the entire uh, management of Malusi. Uh, congratulations to 20 years of excellence, uh, 20 years of hard work, 20 years of, of pride uh, in the growth of the examination system in South Africa. Uh, from the time uh, of the um, South African Certification Council prior to the establishment of Malusi. Uh, I think we have improved 360 degrees, and there are many who would agree with me in this regard. We celebrate with you, and we trust that you'll take the challenge of uh, continuous improvement uh, to make our country proud. And as the Department of Higher Education and Training, we will continue to um, subject ourselves to your rigor of, of processes and to ensure that we keep, continue to chase the higher standards that you keep, you keep setting uh, for us uh, every year. Uh, Chair, uh, the presentation outline uh, covers the, the issues that, that I wish to, and some of them will, sounds like a, will sound like a repetition of uh, what already has been uh, presented by Umalusi, just to show uh, how the system has aligned itself to all the processes. And I appreciate the fact that Omalusi presentation covered uh, almost all key areas of the examination cycle. And in each cycle, it shows the progress that the Department of Higher Education has made, equally also indicating areas that still needs to be looked into and uh, improved. And uh, this is very important to us. And uh, it is a, a commitment to us to making sure a chair of council, uh, that in the presence of our portfolio committee, we make this commitment of uh, ensuring that we, we grow examination systems in the Department of Higher Education and Training System uh, 
in its compliance and quality. The roles and uh, um, responsibility of, of the department in this regard, um, the progress and status of the certification backlogs covered already, and I'm not going to waste time. And later on, the, the narrative summary and the issues around the colleges. We present all of these issues uh, for you, Chairperson, in the slide, in, in this uh, presentation, hopefully covering all the areas of your concern. The department has uh, indeed made uh, significant strides regarding the reduction of certification backlogs. And uh, uh, we take seriously that uh, we, we are saying 99.85%. And uh, the 15, uh, 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 the 0.15% that, that, is, that is still outstanding accounts for existing examinations that uh, uh, we have written. As you know, that the cycle for colleges involve both the semester exams as well as the trimester exams. And, uh, and, and therefore, there is an overlap in terms of the, uh, the, the, the examinations uh, that are written in, uh, in, in terms of those uh, released and, and, and those that are not yet uh, released certifications that have been released. And, and also, this will add to those that are rejected. And I think in the report by Omar Lucy, also there's an indication that uh, there are cases where um, um, the, those happen. And I think um, over and above this, I think we are happy to have um, uh, presented to the portfolio committee this, this kind of significant progress. And I think to us, it's not just about certification, it's about service delivery. It's about uh, the, 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 you know, um, credibility of the examination system in the country after uh, all has been done in terms of exam cycle to find that right at the end, when we have to release certificates, those certificates don't land in the hands of, of those who have written. Uh, it is not something we take lightly as a department. And we are going to work with Umalusi to making sure that we don't go back there uh, again, ever. There are task teams that have been constituted to help us to address this. And we give credit to this progress, to Umalusi, to CETA, uh, to all, all areas, including uh, our, our colleagues in the uh, GET, uh, areas, those who are responsible for, the, for NATED as well. We, we credit them for the contribution that they've made. Next slide. Eligible students who wrote exams uh, and satisfied the uh, requirements in the department as uh, over the years, uh, uh, you know, released those certificates to colleges within 90 days. As a result, uh, the students are expected to collect those certificates to colleges after they were released by the, the chief directorate for national exams and asset assessment. Accordingly, there are no outstanding certificates for qualifying students as far as the DET is, is concerned. And uh, we want to maintain this and continue to do so. Uh, but working very close with Malusi, uh, where, for example, rejection of certificates is in, a, uh, in accordance to uh, certain uh, issues of non-compliance 
uh, we will work with Mali to make sure that all of this is, is dealt with. Thank you. The mandate of the department uh, in, in this regard emanates from chapter 6A, section 41B, uh, subsection 4, F and section 41G of the Continued Education and Training uh, Act. And, and this empowers the department with the authority to conduct, administer, and manage exams and assessment in this country. Uh, the department serves as the national assessment body for both the TVET and CET national qualifications. And uh, we provide a set of qualifications that, that we are responsible for. Next slide. The presentation uh, as well, Chair, would uh, reflect on the NATED report 190, dating from uh, November 1992 to 2019, as well as the National Certificate uh, Vocational Dating back from November 2007 to March 2019, uh, basically trying to indicate that we've gone down and very deep back into history, ensuring that uh, uh, we deal comprehensively with this, with this issue. We, 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 we are happy that we've reached this point, but we we are disappointed that we went there in the first place. The department has been dealing with the certification backlogs for the students who search for these exams over multiple exams and thereby applying for a combination of results after certification processes follow. The cohort of students uh, do not uh, automatically qualify for certification as the quality assurance processes and controls have to be administered for compliance with certification protocols. The status report outlines progress that has been made since 2020 to 2022, and uh, the table that follows will show uh, in which areas this progress has been achieved. Next. Thank you. Chair, I think uh, it, the, you will see the, the breakdown in terms of qualifications, uh, the numbers uh, of certificates uh, that are uh, in question, uh, 65,000 uh, certificates uh, reduced to 10,000 uh, by the 14th of October, 2020, uh, which is an 84% uh, uh, reduction. And by the 23rd of March, 2022, uh, completely covering all these areas. And I think, as you can see in the last column, uh, showing the work that has been done from uh, close to 125,000 certificates, uh, you know, with 68% uh, of those certificates uh, being uh, issued, you know, by, by the 14th of October. And, uh, you know, Currently, about 186 uh, certificates that are still under the scrutiny of the department uh, for not only because of backlog, but also because some certificates would have been um, uh, not issued for reasons that uh, are related to the quality assurance system. But they are still under the gaze of, of the department to making sure that uh, the, we never go back to 
the kind of backlogs that we've seen in the past. Next. The first issue certificates uh, are conceptualized as uh, certified where a candidate met part of full qualification certificate requirements in an examination cycle. Uh, whereas the full certificates are where the candidate met all qualification certificate requirements, which means that the candidate would have passed all required seven subjects, which is uh, multiple exam cycles. And an above table uh, shows the statistical progress made uh, in this regard for backlogs of four qualifications as, as uh, uh, on the 23rd of March, 2022. In summary, uh, and I'm not going to get into the detail of it as well, because I think uh, we are fully aligned with the presentation by uh, Umalosi uh, uh, colleagues. Uh, the above shows the, statistical, the, the progress that we have uh, achieved in the GTC ABET Level 4 qualification exams between 2001 and 2019 uh, remained outstanding. And this... Uh, a figure represent a 100% decrease from the figure of uh, 65,000 uh, that were reported on, on the 18th of uh, February 2020. And uh, in business studies, which is N4 to N6 qualification exams, uh, between the period November 1992 to 2019, uh, we have covered 100% of those uh, uh, qualifications that are in that particular uh, category. And as from the 23rd of March, 118 uh, certificates for candidates who set for engineering N1 to N6 qualifications between the uh, uh, periods that are reflected uh, is a figure that represented a decrease uh, of 21,520 from from 21,638 reported earlier on. And uh, as from the date of the 23rd of March, 68 certificates for candidates who said for NCV um, uh, between November 2007 and 2019 were outstanding. And this figure represented a decrease of 8,208 8, 8, certificates from a figure of 8,276. That is there. We are committed to ensuring that uh, we do not only just deal with this issue, but uh, completely eradicate the inefficiencies of the system. And uh, overall, the progress regarding all the qualifications is reflected as follows. That the department, CETA and Omalusi, and uh, we would like to take this opportunity um, uh, to, to, to thank uh, Omalusi for the support that we've received regarding um, working on this process that was reported uh, earlier on, um, uh, as early as the 18th of February, uh, 2020. Uh, whilst a decrease of a number of potential candidates who are eligible for certification has been recorded across the four qualifications, the remainder is due to the degree of uh, uh, errors, uh, uh, and, and the aged exam uh, IT system, which is uh, currently being uh, dealt with, and the certification records, which could not be processed by both the department and Umalus in the 
the interventions uh, by jointly ourselves and CETA, as well as Umalusi, were presented to the Portfolio Committee and uh, they remain in place uh, to address whatever is outstanding, but also to completely uh, ensure that uh, uh, inefficiencies in the exam systems are dealt with. Most of these challenges uh, um, uh, has been dealt with, as I've indicated, and I trust that in the report of Umalusi today, uh, this confirms that uh, our numbers are also aligned, uh, but also that uh, we, we, we together, collectively, um, you know, agree on what needs to be done to making sure that uh, we don't go back uh, to that situation. Chair, allow me at this point in time, uh, if you agree, to deal with the issue of the private colleges um, as, uh, as reflected in the slide. All uh, private colleges, and uh, in the report by Umalusi, um, it is very clear that uh, most of the irregularities that we are reporting in exams are largely located in this area of private colleges. And I think uh, you will see this year uh, a focus in this area. And uh, the, the, the Deputy Minister, in, in his opening remarks, uh, also kind of uh, provided a direction in terms of the attitude of the department that uh, uh, we, we will support the sector to ensure that they comply uh, but we will also apply the letter and spirit of the exam legislation to ensure compliance. All private colleges accredited, uh, accredited by Omalusi to offer N1 to N3 uh, and uh, NCV are required in terms of the, the act and regulations to register with the department. The CET Act and the regulations provide that no person other than the public institutions, unless such a person is registered with the department, may offer these uh, qualifications. The department is charged with the responsibility of implementing the legal framework for regulating the provision of these qualifications, and uh, also to ensure that uh, there is registration at national qualifications frameworks from level one to four, constituting this legal framework uh, the following, uh, you know, legislative uh, uh, pieces that informs it. That the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa Act 108 of 1996, the, the, the Continuing Education and Training Act, uh, hereafter, uh, you know, referred to as the CET Act, as well as the regulations for the registration of private further education and training colleges uh, promulgated in 2007. And in terms of the act and regulations, any private uh, colleges that offer continued education and training qualifications without registration uh, with the department is uh, operationally illegal. And therefore it contravenes the, the CET act and the regulations that are cited above. Once a college is registered, their names are entered in the register that is published on our website. And uh, we register these colleges and we continue to update regularly 
uh, you know, the, 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 these uh, um, uh, colleges. And the students are urged to check the registration status uh, of the private colleges and all our parents. And we continue in our, you know, you know, campaigns to, you know, try to reach out to all our stakeholders, making sure that uh, the provisions of the Act are understood, are complied uh, to, uh, but we also support those uh, who are struggling in this regard. And we continue to do so, and we are committed to making sure that this uh, is uh, a defining character of the approach of the department. The department is uh, uh, regulating the provision of uh, private colleges through registration, and that the department is also working closely with the police uh, by reporting all unregistered private colleges to the police for investigations and prosecution. One of the responsibilities of our department is to, in terms of pub, our public awareness campaigns, to inform the public and students about the processes and, and procedures of registration as private colleges. Uh, we have a duty and we continue to work very hard to uh, making sure that we inform the public and, and students about the registration status of colleges and uh, in order to fulfill this function, we have a, a number of public awareness campaigns uh, on unregistered colleges in all the provinces, working with uh, councils and colleges uh, to making sure that uh, we isolate uh, those uh, that are not, not compliant to the law. Uh, through these uh, uh, campaigns, uh, we have alerted uh, the public uh, of the prospects uh, in this regard, and, and we've alerted the, them of the qualifications that are offered by these private uh, colleges that are not registered. We have also provided within the uh, website of the department, uh, you know, clarity, you know, so that uh, those who want to check whether a college is registered with the department or not can clearly see, uh, you know, and, and differentiate those that are registered from those that are operating illegally. The department further participates in radio interviews with different, different uh, stations, particularly community radio stations, and, and we respond to print media inquiries regarding registrations of private uh, colleges. And, uh, and uh, also some, one of our responsibilities is to inform the public and students about the processes and procedures for registration as, as private colleges, informing the public as well and, and students about the registration status of private colleges. Um, in, and in order to fulfill this function, we, we continue to intensify our public awareness campaigns uh, to uh, work with the public in, in informing the public in this regard. Thank you. The department uh, working with the police, including Metro Police, have established uh, close working relations in dealing with illegal private colleges. Uh, since 2020 to date, uh, we've closed uh, some of the private colleges 
and uh, will continue to close others uh, through the you know uh, provisions and, and 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 following the due processes of the law. And uh, we continue to warn those who do not uh, comply uh, that uh, we will, uh, working with the police, uh, hold them to account. The directorate uh, uh, that is responsible for private colleges within the, uh, this uh, department um, also continue to work to making sure that uh, the registration status of private colleges that are operating legally, uh, in, particularly in the provinces that are cited uh, here, uh, is, uh, is are dealt with. And the affidavits uh, that have been uh, um, drafted uh, provide the basis for evidence in court regarding whether the private colleges operate legally uh, or not. In conclusion, uh, Chair, the, the progress continues to be made in the reduction of uh, the backlogs uh, in the certification, that we are working uh, very close with, uh, this, with CETA to making sure that uh, there's a complete, a complete reversal and no opportunity for such errors to happen in the future. And as the department continues to work with the state law enforcement agencies uh, to expedite the investigation and prosecution of illegally operating uh, colleges, we are also considering the prohibition of registration of private colleges that seek to offer oversupplied programs, such as those that uh, uh, as noted and, and, and those that are uh, uh, that do not contribute to economic development trajectory of the country and, uh, uh, and therefore reduce the, the high unemployment as a result of graduates that uh, you know uh, exit from uh, colleges that uh, do not comply to the um, published list by the Minister of uh, Home Affairs in conjunction with the Minister of Higher Education and Training of uh, you know you know skill, skills and occupations in high demand. Uh, thank you very much for this opportunity, Chairperson, and uh, congratulations once more for Umalusi on his 20th uh, anniversary. Uh, we wish you well going forward and uh, assure you of our support. Uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, DG. And um, let's take this um, opportunity to to welcome all presentation by Umalusi and yourselves. Uh, colleagues from the portfolio committee, this is an opportunity for us to engage all three presentations as, as outlined. I would therefore recognize him. Sorry, Chair, Hello? there's an outstanding presentation from CETA. Oh, apologies, apologies. <laughs> Apologies, uh, colleagues. Let's take um, the, the last presentation from CETA, and then from there we would then uh, take hands immediately afterwards. Apologies to colleagues from CETA. I sincere apologies. Uh, let me hand over to you. Morning, Honorable Chair, Honorable Members of the Portfolio Committee, same as uh, the Honorable Deputy Minister, and all my colleagues from Umalusi, 
colleagues from the DC, from the department, colleagues also from CETA, as well as the colleagues that have joined us from the Department of Communications and Digital Technologies. I think, Honorable Chair, you are not wrong. Indeed, the Holy Spirit has spoken well to yourself because we will now be repeating, I think all of us, exactly the, the same thing. I think you would recall, Honorable Chair, the presentation is there. I'm assuming members have read. Um, the, the, what we were asked to do, Chair, um, since two years ago, was what is it that CETA can do in terms of making resources available from people, from technology and tools to assist both the department and Umalusi in resolving the challenges of the backlog using technology tools and systems. I think the two colleagues or the two entities have already presented to that to say, indeed, we have now done that, which we were asked to do. There is only about a 0.1% that is left of a backlog. And we are also working with them to even address that 0.1%, which is not more system related. It's more about business rules um, that needs to be implemented to make sure that um, even that 0.1% is reduced as quickly as possible. And the CETA was still committing ourselves and as we are doing it even now, where we are working with them to ensure that they do all the manual work that they need to do, they pass the business rules that they need to make, and we even assist them to analyze the data that will even allow them to resolve even the remaining 0.1%. So in that nutshell, Chair, uh, I think I'm here today with my colleagues. I can apologize. I apologize again for my minister and deputy minister. Our honorable chairperson, also Ms. Markano Musidi, wanted to join the meeting, but she is also presenting in a separate session at this point. So I think without chair going through all the slides, because we'll be saying exactly the same thing that has been said by our colleagues, we confirm the work that has been done. And as CETA, we still pledge our commitment that we will continue to assist the department in all areas that talk to systems, technology, and business processes to ensure that there is no child that is sitting there without a certificate after they have returned their examinations. I think with that, Chair, we will be ready to answer any questions that the honorable members may have without taking you through the same slides, talking the same thing that my colleagues have already explained to you, if that is acceptable to you, Honorable Chair. Um, thank you very much. Um, I think that is quite acceptable, given the fact that uh, presentations speaks to the same issues. I think that will be acceptable to our meeting. And um, let me then allow uh, colleagues from the portfolio committees also wish to engage on all presentations that have been put before us to make uh, to raise their hands. We'll see on the on the platform. I now recognize Honorable Mananiso, Honorable Boshov, Honorable Sibia, uh, Honorable Dr. Kumalo, and uh, uh, Honorable Machesi. In that order, colleagues. And then Honorable King, um, in that order, we will continue to recognize others as we continue with our um, engagements. Honorable Mananiso. 
Okay, uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, let me start by checking if I'm audible. You are audible, though. It sounds a little bit faint. Um, can we try again? Chairperson? Yeah, you, there's an yeah. echo. There's an echo from you, but we can hear you, uh, Honorable Manani, so you can continue. Okay, uh, thank you, Chair. Let me welcome all the presentations today from our colleagues. And one would say that uh, indeed there's uh, progress that has been made. However, one would want to just suggest to say that uh, to the department, they need to provide us with the plan of action in terms of all the recommendations that have been done by the speaker uh, as well as with regards to dealing with the issue of backlog of vegetation. Uh, Chair, my issue again is on the record with regards to uh, the illegal colleges and universities. One must say that uh, fact is that at times we don't see where this particular information is publicized. I have noted that, yes, we do have the information on the site. However, for those who cannot access internet, uh, we leave them behind in terms of such information. So one would want to suggest that the department must actually strengthen uh, their communication strategy in terms of ensuring that they publicize uh, this information for everybody. We are, I have noted on some of the presentation that they normally use your radio station. Uh, I just want to emphasize that they must use local newspapers as well. Just uh, they need to partnership with uh, the department, uh, for instance, your district department, to ensure that they filter down the information that is with uh, it has to do with your illegal uh, universities and prisons. And as well, I would want to include the fact that they need to partner with the district. Perhaps they must use the district inspectors to ensure that they check on regular basis uh, these illegal uh, institutions so that we don't wait for perhaps your whistleblowers that there's such and such uh, they need to conduct uh, investigation and so on. Because at times, Chairperson, one would say that we get to know about these illegal institutions when you see your supermarkets, but you don't necessarily hear about them when there is no issues on the ground. So they just need to include inspectors in our local municipalities to work with them on regular basis to get such information as it when these things are happening. Uh, with regards to theater uh, as well, Umaliti, I think one is very happy about uh, their presentation, including the commitments that they could have given us when we were engaging with regards to the OPEC law and program. And I, I, I just want them to actually break down, pair our regions in terms of the work that has been done, because I've been on the on the Umanusi actually presentation, they speak on provinces. So it's possible on slide, uh, uh, I think it's slide uh, 20, 
they can give us a specific reasons in terms of the work that has been done. And I'm happy as well with regards to Umeluki on the issue of slighted effects about them engaging with institution on the uh, matching guidelines. And it's commendable. They must continue doing it on a regular basis. They must not wait for crisis to affect them. They do conduct this particular guideline uh, 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 discussion. Uh, I just want to check as well with Umeluki. Can they? Give us an example with regards to what is it that they do when there are repetitive offenders. For example, when they were giving us a presentation, they indicated that there's an issue of vigilators uh, coming late. I just want to check what is it that they actually do when such happens, because I, I believe that this is just abnormality that I could just wake up and go to work late while I know that there are specific uh, 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 protocols in terms of what needs to happen when there's some examination taking place and so on. And I, I think uh, the issue of um, their recommendation being given to us as a plan of action will be important so that when we do our oversight, we are able to check if they are actually executing what they have committed on. Chairperson, uh, uh, with regards to to CETA. Uh, one must say that I, I just want to check if there's a plan of action in terms of when are they anticipating to deal with the IT issue. Because this is a recurring issue. It's historical that every time they would speak about the IT system and so on. Do they have a specific target date on when are they going to ensure that uh, we deal with this particular IT challenge? And Umalusi has records of all learners' achievements from November 1992 to date. If this is the case, how many records are available and how many should this have been certified? Chairperson, uh, I think in terms of other issues that relate to Umalusi and data is the issue of them submitting the plan of action with specific time frames. Uh, and specific responsible people that could have been assigned. And, and lastly, uh, I just want to, to check with the uh, working relations with the Ed and CETA and Umalusi if they have a program of action in terms of who is deployed when, when do they need, and what are the resources committed to ensure that we deal with this particular as a pro uh, problem that we have uh, uh, as the institution. Thank you. Thank you very much, Comrade uh, Mananiso. Oh, sorry, Honorable Mananiso. Um, Honorable members, I the chair is now back on the platform. I'll therefore hand over to her to take the meeting uh, Fourth from here. Um, Honorable Boshoff, it's now your turn. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Uh, I must uh, ask forgiveness if I uh, ask something that has been uh, mentioned. I'm in public transport and uh, there are some challenges for following a meeting quite closely. 
especially of some of your fellow travelers think you are listening to the radio or something and they start discussing other stuff with you. But uh, what I want to know about the part that the um, DJ uh, just discussed uh, at the end of his um, uh, of his part about private uh, providers, private colleges, and the legality of that, I would like to know if uh, whether there is something like uh, an investigative unit where one can uh, put in a name, because what some of these private colleges do very uh, effectively is to exploit the, the gray areas. They are registered for something, but they are presenting something quite different from what they are registered for. But if you look on the register for um, uh, uh, legal colleges, you might find them there, but they... Um, they, they actually, uh, well, in fact, they, 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 they take the students for a ride because they say you are going to have a, uh, you know, a legal qualification for this or that's, uh, that um, profession. And then that is not the case at all. Uh, so, in fact, I would say it's nothing else than fraud. But uh, from where one is sitting as a, as a member of parliament, you don't really have all the information. And sometimes, um, you know, people overload you with a lot of irrelevant information in that regard. And, and it would be uh, really great if there's some address where one can uh, direct this kind of uh, thing to be uh, investigated. I have done so, um, but then one doesn't get a, a clear answer. It's just something like, um, no, it's not necessary for whatever. It's a kind of a vague answer. I, I'm speaking of a, a specific um, uh, example uh, on which I wouldn't elaborate at this stage. Uh, okay, so my question is just about, uh, is there an institution like an investigating unit where one could uh, report something and uh, count on it, that it will be taken from there on? Thank you, Jay. Thank you very much, Honorable Boshoff. Um, greetings again, colleagues. Thank you very much to Honorable Mashati for holding the fort. Um, I believe the order should be Honorable Makesi, followed by Honorable Kumalo, Sibia, King, and then Lidzie. So I'll now take the hand of Honorable Makesi. Uh, thank you, Chair, and good morning to everyone. Uh, I would like to, first of all, express my appreciation for the different presentations that we have received, and also to go on and congratulate uh, Umalusi on their 20th celebration. We wish you another 20 years and more years of excellence and credibility that you have uh, shown uh, to the country and um, all the best uh, to all of you. Um, I, I just want to find out, you know, I have to, to say, like, I would like to commend um, uh, Uma Lucy on, on, on getting to uh, achieve the 99% of, um, of uh, you know, providing the, you know, the certificates um, as we, we, we had from the discussion. But what I want to find out is that there, there's one percent that is still outstanding of uh, of certificates that needs to be still distributed, which amount to 186 outstanding. Um, if I could actually find out when 
when do you, do you envision yourself, you know, uh, you know, giving these certificates um, to to the students? Um, will you be looking at ninety days? And and I just want to find out from which year uh, are these uh, certificates that are outstanding? Um, I would like to find out, like, is it only for 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 this year or last year or for last year? Um, uh, and also to find out, like, you know, how long will it take for you to, to be giving out the certificates? The other question that I would like to find out from you is the data sets. Um, I don't understand when you talk about uh, data sets. So what, what are you talking about? Um, is it certificates um, of, uh, of which have been issued? Or is it, uh, is it data sets of, uh, of qualifications? Uh, if you can maybe, you know, give me a bit of clarity on that issue. Because I would like to understand that a little bit better. Uh, with regard to the CETA, um, I just want to go to the to the issue of IT. Uh, from what I understand, that uh, um, you know you have managed to deal with your IT issues, but uh, the problem is uh, capacity. I would like to find out if uh, you know do we have uh, sufficient capacity uh, of processing the data, the data that um, that you need to process. And what are the issues? Like, if you have any, you know, uh, challenges that you're experiencing uh, at the moment regarding your your capacity and also processing of uh, of data. Um, the other issue that I would like to talk to on is then, you know, when students, uh, you know, they they are assigned to do their in service training, they they would usually be a company that is identified for them to go and do their training there. Uh, there are some students who have complained that they find themselves like, you know, doing in-service training that is not related or relevant to their, the qualifications that they obtained from Tibet College. Um, and then when they come back to Tibet College to come and say, you know, we need, uh, of course, this a type of work that I've done in this, uh, in this company, then the problem becomes that, you know, you didn't do the, the required uh, work that was expected that is in relation to your qualification. Uh, when that scenario occurs, whose fault is it? Because um, if the, the Tibet College, you know, uh, has have their service providers on their database and then they basically assign the students there, um, I can understand that, you know, maybe, you know, at the end of the day, uh, students will be told, but you know, you are supposed to know because this is not relation to qualification. But I think I still believe that you know the 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 institution has some responsibility of ensuring that students are assigned to the relevant um, uh, institution or whatever company to in order for them to complete and also to to be provided with uh, with the in service training. Um. The other issue that I have is on the, I think I might be done. Let me just check. Okay, um, the other issue that I want to find out as well is, I think, I don't know if the department will be able to, 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 to maybe assist on that. Um, Uma Lucy only gives uh, certificates for N3 only. Uh, what is the reason for Uma Lucy not providing certificates for, for N1, N2, N4, and N5, and N6? I just want to know out of interest because 
as we all know that, you know, um, Umalusi is, uh, is known for its credibility. And that is something that is missing within Tibet colleges, because people kind of like, you know, when you say you're from a Tibet college, I think something that I've mentioned a couple of times that when you have a Tibet college certification, people really don't uh, really, uh, you know, uh, take that certificate very seriously because of the issues within the Tibet colleges. And also, you know, students that don't um, regard Tibet colleges as an alternative, uh, edu- like a, an additional education that they can aspire to. They believe that, you know, universities uh, are more likely because of their credibility to be um, to be providing, you know, the type of qualifications that can, you know, aspire not only to them, but also, you know, they are looked up, uh, up upon by, you know, institutions or companies where they end up, you know, uh, working at. So by actually maybe, you know, putting um, Uma Lucy maybe to have that responsibility to be providing those certificates maybe can bring a bit of credibility on, um, on Tibet colleges. Is this something that has been looked at? And bearing in mind that I, I, I am of the understanding that, you know, uh, Uma Lucy has problems in terms of capacity as well and, and also, you know, uh, personnel and also the budget is not is not that that much so um if then if there's a scope for them to have some kind of um you know their budget can be looked at it to be able to accommodate and also uh, allow for expansion for for them to be able to have more scope and uh, and also bring more credibility within the third college that is just something that i would like to find out from the department of uh, of DHA to see like you know if there's any intention or what is the reason that um Uma Lucy is not, uh, their scope hasn't been expanded to that extent. Thank you so much, Shea. Thank you very much, Honorable Makesi. Honorable Kumalo. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, and thank you, Chair, for um, Honorable Mashatsi for chairing the session. Good to see you well um, and recovered. Um, I, I do remember that you went well last week, so it's good to have you back um, and fully recovered. And thanks to all the presenters on the various presentations as well. And just to wish Uma Lucy a happy 20th celebration. And as much as Honorable Makesi said, I'd also like to wish you um, over 20 years more of um, success and improved um, excellence. Um, Chair, I would just like to maybe ask a few questions and also thank Dr. Um, okay, I had mentioned uh, perhaps maybe need to omit that, but with regards to the Umalusi presentation, Chairperson, um, I'd like to find out what some of the reasons are that <clears throat> exist um, for Umalusi to reject qualifications submitted by DHEAD, if we can just get um, examples of some of those reasons. I also would like to know how is quality assurance carried out between the work done between DHEAD and Umalusi as well. And coming to the quality of assurance of assessment, um, that um, presentation, we note on slide 11, the numbers that are um, mentioned around 160 question papers being moderated and the number of institutions as well that are being moderated. I am chairperson very curious to find out though on the determination of that number and ask what the percentage percentage of assessments per qualification or per module um, that Malusi moderates to ensure quality assurance. So just the percentage in terms of 
how they, uh, you know, what, what percentages are there or guides them in terms of how much they do moderate. Um, I also want to, I would give a background, but maybe in the interest of time, I wouldn't in terms of why I asked that question. Um, <clears throat> Chair, I would also like to find out on the quality assurance or moderation regarding formative assessments. Um, there was a mention of oral assessment. Um, however, not all forms were mentioned. Um, also, practical assessments, just to find out if those are moderated at all. Um, and lastly, what is the criteria for the selection of the institutions that are moderated by Umalusi? I do um, remember, I think there was a mention of a 40, um, 40, number 40 in terms of the institutions that were moderated. But I'd like to then follow up on that question in terms of what the, would that then mean all the other institutions are not moderated and um, why is that the case and how is quality assurance then maintained in those institutions that aren't moderated? Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Kumalo. Honorable Sibia. Mom Sibia. Okay, perhaps Mamsubi is struggling a bit at the moment. Um, we'll now move on to Honorable King. Welcome back, Honorable King. Thanks, Chairperson. It's good to be back in the committee and hear all of your voices. Um, let me also start by congratulating Umalusi um, for the 20 years of great service over the years. Um, also coming from a teacher's background in the basic education department with high school learners, specifically grade 12s, I must say I do commend them on the work that they have been doing so far in South Africa. Chairperson, what I would like to say is um, I went through all the documents um, from the various um, institutions, but one thing that is lacking in, in some of the documents is, especially when it comes to TVET colleges, is to basically have a slide where it indicates how many students actually registered um, to write exams, how many did write, so that we can get an understanding of what the dropout rate was and what assessments has been done to assess um, why students have been dropping out um, from writing the exams. I think it would give us a good understanding um, of, of that scenario. Then Honorable Makesi mentioned something which I think all of us has been riddled with, where students are basically reaching out to us for the in-service training, which they have completed, um, and now they are not being accredited to receive the certificate because either they have gone to a wrong institution, whereas they were referred by the institution themselves to that institution. But the main concern which actually came about for me was when most of them didn't know which form or letter to send to the Department of Higher Education in order to get the certification. So I just wanted to find out if there is a standardized form or a standardized letter which students can use in order to ensure that they actually receive the certification. Because on one occasion, you receive a WhatsApp message from three different students who ended in exactly the same letter. Two has been approved and received the certification, and then you will find the one that has not been approved. Um, I'm going to read something here that's about guys from the Red Seal Wires license. It says, 
pleases us. There are so many of us that did everything we could to be better, to better ourselves by obtaining a red seal to be able to better care for our families. But now we wait for years after we successfully completed our trade test. At this point, I should have already had my red seal in hand and my Wyman's license and be able to earn an income I work hard for. So this is very hard, uh, warming when you see things like this, because it means we are excluding so many of the desired skills that we need in our economy because of a mere certification, a misunderstanding, or a form that is not standardized. So I just want to find out if there is a standardized form and if there has been KPI set for various officials on how far they are when it comes to certification backlog and if they really reach the 90-day time frame in order to issue these certificates to students. Um, okay. On the private institution, um, I would just want to get what is the eligibility criteria to register a private institution. Um, because when you see these institutions just popping up, it's difficult to understand what criteria was used in order for them to actually set up because some of them would be in funny buildings and you would have expected that some form of oversight was conducted to ensure that when you do deliver um, skills training or some form of TVET college education, that the building should have been conducive for these students to receive um, learning material from. Um, also, how long does it take to issue a private institution with a certificate of compliance? And how often are private institutions um, assessed of, of the accredited courses and certification output? And do we have measure in measures, proper measures in place to ensure that we do actually do the oversight and consequences not only to the private institutions, but also to the Department of Higher Education, should they fail in their mandate to do proper oversight on a yearly basis. Um, on Uma Lucy, um, like I said, being involved um, also with metric marking, um, with CAS, um, internal CAS assessment, summative assessment, um, and evaluation of your systems. I just wanted to find out the process that is used um, from Lucy. Is it also linked to the basic education's way of doing assessments for grade 12 to ascertain that your ICAS, your evaluations is done properly and your PET assessments is actually compliant with? Um, then also, with, I've, when you read the the um the report you also find that there are various um people who have set up question papers that were not of great standard um i just wanted to find out um from uma lucy what measures has been put in place to ensure that we do not find that we are sitting again with the same people who set up the question papers with that poorly and then they back in the system again and lastly, when it comes to not evaluating um, or recruiting markets, normally you would find unions are involved in this process. Um, on a higher education level, um, when we do get markets, do unions have a role to play um, when markets are being evaluated? Chairman, thank you for the question. Thank you very much, Honorable King. Honorable... Sibia, can I check if you're back? Uh, uh, 
Morning, Chaperson. Hello. Yes, we can hear you, Mam Sabi. Okay. Thanks for all presentations. Uh, because of the network uh, is so bad, uh, I left with one question. Uh, the, the I had that the, um, the, the 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 illegal TVET colleges were closed in some provinces, but I didn't hear anything which says Ukona Oboshi. My abortion, no manji, they just closed down then it's a pedal for abusing our illegal rights, yaba yaba yama students. Thanks, Chepesin. Thank you very much, Mam Sibia. Honorable Litie. Um good morning, good morning, um honorable members, uh, good morning uh, DM. Um Good morning, uh, Chair. Good morning, Umalu Sita, the department led by the DG. Um, and I hope I've uh, greeted everybody else also on the platform. Chair, I also had a more of questions here, uh, but I think some of them uh, members would have uh, taken them. Uh, so I'm just going to go through. Um, the 14 pages of questions I have uh, to our entities. Uh, firstly, let me uh, also join the bandwagon and congratulate Malusi uh, as they turn 20 years um, uh, of good service, I think we must say, and we wish them all the best. And I know that uh, the chairperson of Malusi uh, might not have said it at the beginning, but uh, because uh, I also serve in the portfolio committee of basic education, and yesterday it indicated that uh, uh, it's their their last year, I think, as a board, and um, so we might be interacting with them for the last time, and I want to. Uh, take um, this opportunity to wish them well, the board of Malusi, um, uh, and wish um, uh, those who are coming uh, also well. Uh, I think in their handover, uh, Chair, in your handover of uh, uh, the entity must indicate to those who are coming that, uh, you know, the entity has 20 years of great service and this is what you've been doing. I think in the past uh, few years you've uh, received um, very good uh, audit outcomes uh, and I want I want to thank you as the, yourself, Chair and the Board uh, for uh, doing a great job there at, uh, at Umalus and yes, uh, uh, happy birthday Umalus, happy birthday. The first uh, uh, a point, Chair, or, or I know I'm going to say many first points, Chair, but the, the first point, the Chair of Umalusi has, has um, noted uh, that um, they have challenges with uh, outstanding deaths from private colleges. Uh, very concerning uh, uh, statement. Uh, um, you know, that uh, private colleges 
Umalus. Here we are not talking uh, public, private uh, uh, entities, private colleges do Umalus and according to the opening statement of the chair of Umalus. And now, uh, because of that, Umalusi uh, does not give certificates of these uh, private colleges. <coughs> Uh, and these certificates do not belong to these private colleges, they belong to students. Now, it means students who have uh, completed their qualifications can't get their certificates to apply for job opportunities because these institutions, these private institutions, uh, owe Umalusi uh, certification fees. Now, Umalusi, please. Uh, answer me on these questions. How much is owed by these colleges? Uh, how many of these colleges owe you? And this, inform uh, this questions, Chair, uh, will need details. So if they don't have the information at hand now, uh, we can give them seven days to respond uh, to these ones in details. So uh, the questions again are how much is owed, owed, owed by these colleges to Umalusi? How many colleges owe you the, the fees? Uh, and which, and this one, uh, you must name them, which institution uh, owe you and how much do they owe you uh, as an individual uh, private colleges. <clears throat> uh, how many certificates cannot be issued uh, due to non-payment by these colleges? So if you are going to do a, a, a spreadsheet, uh, you'll say the name of an institution, you'll say on the second column how much they owe you, you'll say uh, uh, on the third column how many certificates have you, uh, are you are holding uh, because they have not paid you. Uh, so you are, doing, you are just going to the spreadsheets uh, in, 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 that, uh, in that order. And then you'll also put how many certificates uh, cannot be issued uh, because of non-payment. Uh, you'll also add the how old is the debt of these private uh, um, uh, colleges and which college uh, or which colleges are serial offenders, those who you know, at the end of uh, the month when they're supposed to pay 30 days passes, they will not pay you. Uh, so also give us a list of serial uh, offenders. And then the department on this particular issue, uh, I think the department, uh, you should assist uh, Umalusi with ensuring that these private colleges comply with the payment of certification fees. And if they don't, they don't pay, uh, the department must have a way, DG, uh, of uh, suspending their, their licenses. They must not, uh, why are they uh, admitting uh, uh, learners or students at the beginning of the year when they're not going to pay fees and they're not going to, uh, to issue certificates to those who don't owe them? I'm sure, you know, I'm interested to know what they are saying to these uh, students. Because they might be saying uh, it's not their fault, it's the fault of the department, the fault of CETA, 
certification background, you know, they might be shifting the blame somewhere. So according to the eyes or to the to the information uh, um, uh, that they might be sharing with these students, uh, those in the wrong might be Umalusi, might be uh, uh, Sakwa, might be the department, might be CETA, but themselves. So I think uh, the department we must have a, a must have a, a plan, an intervention plan in helping Umalusi uh, recover these funds from these uh, private um, um, institutions. <laughs> and then uh, I think I also want to commend Chair um, the numbers that have been given to us here on the in our quest for day zero, on the certification backlog for, for day zero. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, on my notes, I even included the date to have, uh, uh, since we have um, the beginning of the sixth parliament, uh, we've had meetings with uh, both Sita and the department on this thing. Uh, but I think I will not go through that. I just want to commend them on the, uh, the, the, the reduction of of this thing uh, and I and, and you know um, we hope that uh, uh, this will contribute positively to the reduction of poverty unemployment and inequality uh, as these students uh, will be able to apply uh, for for jobs and and this is what we've always saying all along that we want day zero because we believe that uh, without uh, these students having their certificates, uh, they are unable to participate in the mainstream. They are unable to apply to participate in the mainstream economy. And therefore, uh, this thing, uh, not releasing certificates, uh, directly adds to the unemployment inequalities and poverty levels of this country. Uh, so we want to employ it on the department, Malusi and CETA, uh, to ensure that uh, uh, the 1.5% that uh, is still there, or was 0.5, uh, indeed has been eradicated at all costs because uh, it, this is what it means. It means uh, uh, you, are giving an you are giving these people an opportunity to try and participate in the in the mainstream, <laughs> and then uh, on on quality assurance, um, the recommends uh, the CEO. You have alluded to the investigation and blocking of some results, and I think uh, uh, Dr. K uh, uh, almost asked this question the way I wanted it, but uh, she then uh, asked it differently. So I'm going to ask it. Uh, uh, this from uh, in my way that uh, you alluded to the investigation and blocking of of some results, uh, which subjects uh, were affected, and uh, which exam centers were implicated uh, on this one of uh, blocking of uh, um, uh, of results. And uh, Malusi, are you confident uh, that? Uh, our public TV space or sector is offering quality technical and vocational education and training. Are you confident that 
uh, they were doing, uh, were, were offering a quality um, um, uh, Tibet uh, training there. If not, what are the proposed areas of, impro- of, of, of improvement uh, which you think we can um, uh, improve there? And I think uh, uh, yeah, on, on, on this one, on quality assurance, I'm fine. I just needed a chair. I'm sorry. I'm just going to close with this one. Uh, On the IT, uh, on the IT systems um, at um, the CETA, uh, the department and, and, and the CETA had indicated that their, their main problem uh, was the examination of the IT uh, system uh, dysfunctionality. Has that uh, IT system? being implemented there. If you remember when we went to CETA, I think it was in 2019, or the beginning of 2020, before COVID, we did visit visit the CETA, the good facilities. But as uh, they did indicate uh, that uh, some IT challenges, um, uh, so they were implementing an IT system there, that company that was... uh, 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 um, uh, given that tender, that you know there were some challenges. They're taking years to implement and all of that. If you if you remember this chair, so has that new IT system uh, has it been implemented? Uh, if so, um, what IT related uh, challenges that they had before it? Uh, have, have, has been addressed by this implementation of the new IT system. And if they've not implemented, can they inform us why have they not implemented that IT um, uh, IT system? I think, Chair, uh, other questions, uh, they fall off because of um, uh, one, uh, some colleagues of mine asked them, uh, I, as I did say, it was uh, 32 pages. I, dropped, I went down to 16 pages and I decided to ask only two pages. So uh, without wasting more time, Chair, uh, let, me, let me rest at this uh, point and uh, good morning to everybody and happy birthday, Umalusi. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Honorable Lutier. And indeed, um, we acknowledge the 20 years um, of Malusi and wish them well in them in the work that they've been mandated to do. I know Honorable Kumalo had um, additional questions. I don't know if you'd like to, I mean, I see you, you added them to the chat, but I don't know if you'd like to speak to them quickly. Thanks, Chair. Um, I think if the colleagues are able to access the chat um, box, I don't need to repeat them. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much, Honorable Kumalo. Thank you very much, Honorable Members, for your comments, questions, and recommendations. I'd like to now um, uh, take it back to our presenters. Perhaps we will, my, my understanding, um, my understanding is that the DM would have left earlier on. 
<clears throat> as he had excused himself, and therefore um, we would be left with um, with DG. So perhaps what we should do is allow for the department um, to come in at the end and start with um, colleagues um, from our entities. So perhaps let me start with colleagues from CETA and then move on to Umalusi and then go back to the department. Um, CEO, well, interim CEO. Thanks, Chair. Um, I think let me answer, if you allow me to start with the very last question, Chair, from, from Honorable Lestia. I think you're asking a great question. How far are we in terms of implementing the new system so that we transcend from the current legacy solution that CETA is responsible for? When the DJ responds, Honorable Lestia, he will talk to that because CETA is playing no role whatsoever in the implementation of the new system. So we have no role to play there. We have not been asked to do anything by the department in that. And then when we're asked to advise, play a role, CETA, as we've committed before, we will be available to assist the department. But for now, they are running the implementation of the new system by, by, by themselves with the service provider. So our role then, as also Honorable Marquesu you've asked, as well as Honorable Manami, so is on the current legacy system uh, that is still being used um, for, for exam purposes. What is then the role for CETA? Do you now CETA have the resources that you require to support the department in that? A definite answer is yes. We have now allocated more resources as we've, com as we've committed almost two years ago. We have done that. Also, the developers of the legacy solution software AG are also working with us to ensure that there are no issues now that take forever for long. And as we find challenges in the legacy solutions, we also continuously develop solutions to ensure that, also addressing your questions, Mamukumalo, uh, that we don't have backlogs going forward. So we don't just address what is there, we also develop solutions to ensure we don't repeatedly have the same thing. So that we are doing as we speak. And yes, the 0.15% that is there is still 186 people. And the DG will also talk to the timeline to also ensure that the 186 students also get their certificates as quickly as possible. There is a little work we need to do in terms of IT systems at CETA. Uh, we are providing them access and reviewing the data um, that they have, but most is business decisions um, that the head will have to make. As and when those business decisions are made and we need to do something in the system, we have dedicated people that will ensure that that work is done without any further delay. But DJ will talk to that briefly. And I think then lastly, um, we we are also working on plans, although we're not responsible, Honorable Lestia, for the new system that the department is implementing. We are also as CETA working on an alternative program to modernize all legacy systems of government, including this one which we are using for exam purposes, and we'll also be sharing that modernization journey with the department so that as they are working, waiting for their new system that they are implementing by themselves, we can agree with them what additional functionality we can implement now 
as data whilst we are waiting for them to implement the new system. So yes, there is commitment for us um, even to help them in the, an interim modernization until the new system is, is finally implemented. We commit on that. So the work on Arabia, you asked when you visited our centers, where we wanted to make sure there is consolidation of data sets and all that work, that was done already. So hence we are where we are now, where we are able to say 99.85% of the backlog has already been um, resolved. It's because of part of that work that we have done already. I think, Honorable Chair, I've, I've answered the, the question um, that have been asked. Capacity, yes, we have um, to address these challenges. We would like to employ new students, young people, to come in and assist, but unfortunately for your legacy IT system, those are not even, those languages are not even taught at universities, at universities these days. I used to lecture too. So for the for, 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 for the languages that this is programmed on, we can't even, you know, hire new students, the unemployed, and train them on this because these are not taught anymore. So yes, we also want the sooner we move from this legacy system into the new system, the better. And the department is leading that process in terms of them implementing the new system. I thank you, Chair. I think I've answered the questions that were asked for data. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, colleagues. Will let me all from from CETA. Okay, if that's the, I want to believe that is that then. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I'd like to then move on to colleagues from Umalusi. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Chairperson. I must say we, we, we had a lot of questions. Um, we'll, we'll try to respond to all of them. And where there could be an omission, I would challenge my colleagues uh, from Umalusi to listen carefully so that they can then do the mopping up. First of all, let me thank the, the honorable members for the kind words that they've shared with us about our 20th anniversary. Very humbling observations about the kind of work that we are doing for this country. Uh, I'm truly humbled uh, to be associated with, with Umalusi and to be receiving these kinds of accolades. We will not drop the ball. We will not drop the ball. And maybe, maybe reassure Honorable Masati that uh, in celebrating the 20th anniversary of Malusi, we are not going to be extravagant. The organization is known for, for being frugal, um, and we use the resources of um, the public very carefully. So we are not going to be extravagant. And, and I may just maybe mention also that uh, uh, DG Sishi at some point. He has a long history, uh, you know, in terms of his relationship with Umalusi, and at some point he also served in our council, and he knows the kind of work that we do. And also DG Mueli was once our council member. So we, we, we also have two DGs who have served in our council previously, in their previous lives. Chairperson, uh, I, I, I battled, honestly, to follow what uh, Honorable Mananiso was saying, and I got confused also because her profile on the, on the screen was Cosa. So I got confused 
But I, I needless to, to just uh, mention a lot of things. It is that I struggle to hear her, and uh, I must apologize for that. Uh, where we, she raised very important points I could pick up here and there, and I would request that where she has questions directed uh, to Madusi, she could do that in writing, we'll, we'll respond. But uh, I want to apologize that we could not follow what she was saying. Now, going to Honorable Machesi, uh, thanks for commending us for the attaining 99% in collaboration with the DHEAD and CETA. And that 1% is 1% too much, you know, because we've got people behind that 1% who are waiting for their certificates, having qualified, who want to go into the world of work and go on with their lives support their families, get married, raise families, and, 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 and. So, so that 1% for us uh, is something that is very close to our hearts. We have to eradicate that 1%. And where Umalusi is in the value chain, we are at the end of the value chain because we depend on the submission of uh, certification data sets from the department with the help of CETA. So we are at the end of the value chain. We can only issue certificates once we have received data sets. And data sets are received after the examinations are written. You'd observe that we don't issue certificates immediately after approving the results through the chairperson of council. But we wait because there is still a lot of mopping up that the department still has to do. I will mention some of the things that the department has to do. They, they have to entertain the remarking where the students ask for such, the students who want to view their scripts, and the students who have applied for concessions. And where there are concessions, it could be that the student wrote a wrong paper by mistake, and uh, therefore has to be credited uh, because it was the fault of the individual. All those things have to be taken into account. Once the data sets are stable, they can then send them to us and say, certify. And I'll come back to, to, to what, what we mean by data sets, as asked by Honorable Machesi. Um, <clears throat> data set uh, information data that is, that is handed to Malusi for certification. What, what, what do I mean? At the end of the uh, uh, examination uh, process, uh, once they are satisfied that the, they, are, they are happy with everything, they hand these data sets to us. We don't just certify based on the data set submitted. We quality assure it. We check whether that data set is, is correct in all respects. Just as an example, the students who wrote at the end of 2021, we have to check that all marks are correct, that... Um, they, they, they meet the past requirements where the department says we should, we should certify them. For instance, if a learner does not offer an official language, we'll reject, uh, we'll reject that data set and say, no, this learner. And in rejecting, we give reasons why. We don't just reject. We give reasons why to say, this learner can't be certified, certified for these reasons. And then where the data set is correct, we certify. Uh, the examinations that were written last year, 
we are only beginning to certify now. And that is three months down the line because of all the processes that we have to ensure that we get correct data sets. And even after getting correct data sets from the department, still quality assured to say it meets the requirements in all respects because that will then affect the currency of the qualification if we don't do that kind of check. Um, having said that, <clears throat> um, the, the rejection, I think, of uh, the data, we have indicated why it is rejected. Um, le let me go to why we don't, we don't quality assure, we don't quality assure N1 and N2. Umalusi, as a quality council at national level, we only quality assure qualifications at exit point. N1 and N2 are not at exit point. And then we are limited up to NQF level 4. NQF level 4. Uh, NQF level 4. And then anything beyond NQF level 4, which is 5, 6, 7, up to 8, uh, is done by the QC2O. As a result, um, uh, NATED 4, 5, 6 are quality assured, not by Umalus, but by the Quality Council for Trades and Occupations. Um, when, when it comes to the question raised by uh, Honorable Kumalo, uh, I'll, I'll refer you to slide number 73, 73 of Dr. Dliwayo's presentation to say, what is our quality assurance role? We said, when, once question papers have been said, we, we, we moderate them. Uh, that's what we do. That's the value add of Umadus as a quality assurance body. And then we also internally moderate, uh, you know, uh, uh, the ICAS and all those things. We monitor the state of readiness to write the examinations. We monitor the writing of the examinations. We verify marking and capturing of marks. We standardize the results and approve the results. And then we announce the approval of the results. That is what we do. That is what we do as Uma Lucy. Now, <clears throat> I just want to check the, the, the rejection also. I want to go to the rejection. I think I've answered the question on rejection to say it is when the, 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 the data set of an individual candidate does not meet a particular criteria. That is the past requirements, that is IKS, it could be anything uh, in, that, in that regard. I'm not going to repeat that. Honorable Kumar is also asking questions about why we, we, we don't moderate everything and, and what happens in institutions where we have not moderated. Moderation, by its very nature, is, is based on a sample. Uh, because if we are to moderate everything in the system, uh, <clears throat> it would mean that we are repeating what the department has already done. And then we, we do a sample on an unannounced uh, manner. We don't announce which institutions we are going to moderate. So that everybody stands ready to be moderated. And then we pick and choose. And we take a sample. And I'll indicate why we take a sample later on. But let me just mention in passing, it is because... Uh, of, of the, the financial constraints. Maybe a sample that we take is not representative enough, as Honorable Machis has indicated. 
we don't have the luxury of having a lot of money. Uh, so we take a sample uh, according to the means that we have as an organization. Uh, with increased budget, we can increase our sample size to, to, to be more, much more authoritative in terms of our pronouncements. But as things stand, we are satisfied with the sample size. Honorable Kumalo, there are questions that you raised on the, on, the, on the chat. I'll come back to them later. I've taken note of them so that I just don't confuse myself with the order because if I go to the chat, I'll be turning pages and I may forget where I ended. Honorable um, <clears throat> King, you, you raise a, a very important point about <clears throat> the poor quality of question papers and why that happens when the papers have been said by qualified people, moderated by qualified people, whom we call experts. Yes, indeed, this is worrying, but we should all also remember that these experts are human beings with limitations. And, and where they show weaknesses in terms of performance, we train and train. But where a person does not improve, we dismiss that individual. We, we cannot continue that individual. Uh, we expect them to be, to be knowing already when they come, how to set a paper, and not to be struggling with uh, small things. But where they struggle, we train. And then, in all fairness uh, to, the, to the person who has been employed, we have to give them support up to a point. Then we dismiss. We say, sorry, we can't continue with you. Yeah, you are failing us. Honorable Tia, you raised a lot of important points as well. Uh, now, let me finish with Honorable King. Um, Honorable King, then I'll come to Honorable Tia. Honorable King, you, you raised an important point about um, why some colleges, private colleges are substandard. We, we've got a criteria that we follow uh, to Malusi. Um, uh, we, we, we follow a criteria and I'll, I'll read some of the, 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 the criteria that we have. I'll not go into the descriptors because it will take long if I were to read the descriptors and the core indicators of accreditation. I'll not do that. It will take us long. Uh, <clears throat> the, the criteria that we use is the mission to check whether the institution is mission directed in terms of its leadership and management. Uh, we, we look at Teaching as Umalus for accreditation, teaching, learning, and training. Teaching, learning, and training. Um, we, we look at uh, assessment and results to check what attainments, what achievements do they have as, a, as an institution because they should be operating already. And we check whether they've got learner support. Um, Infrastructure should uh, maybe, and I leave that to the department to check whether under registration infrastructure appears. Uh, I'll check that uh, through um, uh, maybe through the DG and uh, his team members. And then, in terms of accreditation, uh, we, we've got uh, a seven-year accreditation status uh, that we give, and in that seven years. We, we continue to monitor whether the institution adheres to the criteria of Umalusi. Where the institution does not meet uh, uh, the criteria fully, 
There are instances where we give them two-year provisional accreditation. Um, and then there are institutions that we don't accredit because they don't meet the criteria. Um, on, on the question uh, that Honorable King is, is asking about the moderation of question papers as well, I spoke about sampling. For instance, we moderated 160 out of the 261 question papers because of the budget, but budgetary constraints. In terms of monitoring and moderation of ICAS, we include institutions that were found to be, to be non-compliant in the previous examination cycle. So that even as we, we, we choose our sample, we check the weaknesses of the system. Uh, uh, colleagues, uh, if, in case I leave anything, I said you should mop up. Honorable Tia, you asked questions about uh, what Prof. Volming said in relation to uh, people who owe us, how much they owe us, uh, how many certificates are outstanding, who are the serial um, offenders. Uh, we, we are not able to provide that information now. The CFO is not here. Uh, and even if the CFO was here, uh, we're going to struggle uh, to give that information. My recollection is that that information was given to this portfolio committee previously, but we will give it again uh, so that it will then be the updated uh, kind of information in terms of where we are now. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it was uh, under the leadership of the previous chairperson. We will give that information within the next seven days. Uh, also, with regard to the blocked results, why they've been blocked, the subjects, the examination centers, Dr. Luayo and Mezodom Dimakwani will assist that within seven days we provide the details with regards to that information. Now, <clears throat> Honorability is asking whether the public TVET colleges are really giving quality uh, at their institutions. Um, Honorability, I want to attest to the quality that is provided at our colleges, uh, public uh, colleges, uh, that at the point where we issue a certificate, as Umaru says, a quality assurance body, it is a stamp of approval for the work that uh, the student has mastered, the, 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 the knowledge that the student has, and uh, we, we can stand by that, uh, we can vouch for that. Uh, and uh, we, are, we are satisfied that we are giving South Africa what it deserves. So, by extension, we are saying the work that is done at the Tibet colleges is uh, quality work. Honorable Kumalo, I said I'll come back to you. Um, yes, indeed. Um, <clears throat> we, we have to, to prevent regressing back to the, the 30%, 20%, 10% backlog. Uh, we, we have to agree that DHET, CETA, and Umalus have to continue comparing notes, meeting and comparing notes. Uh, we, should not, we should not be complacent and say we have now reached 99% we're not going to meet. Because like that 1% that we spoke about earlier on, there will be a quick turnaround if we meet in that way. And also Umalusi has put measures in place uh, with regards to certification to say of the students who registered, how many have been certified and how many have not been certified. That is what we call 
in our own lingua etumalusi completeness test to you know that list outstanding records. Yeah. So in that way we are able to say no 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 colleagues, these students wrote we have certified so many, but so many have not been have not been certified. Can you just indicate what you said? That is the completeness test that you spoke about that I spoke about uh, earlier on. Um, the, the question is raised by Honorable Kumal on the chat as to whether Umalusi has got um, any monitoring role and assessment policies of institutions. Uh, yes and no, Honorable Kumalu. No, where it concerns internal examinations for non-exit levels. Non-exit levels that you don't certify. Yes, we, we do we look at assessment policies at exit level qualifications uh, because we are going to issue certificates. So it is yes and no in that in that sense. Um, at this time, I'm going to, to allow uh, uh, Mr. Sibanda Zordo to indicate who of their, their officials in the meeting would want to add where I might have omitted something. Uh, because it was a red race on my side, uh, keeping pace with the honorable members as they were asking questions. We, we thank the honorable members for the questions that they've been raised. Zordoa, anything from your side? Um, Dr. Thank Dr. you, CEO. I think Sorry? The, question, the question raised by Honorable Kumalo on the issue of the numbers, there I think, again, we'll respond to it within a period of seven days because of the huge numbers that we need to provide right now. So we'll also respond within seven days. Thank you. Okay, you're covered, Dr. Dliwayo. Thank you. Dr. Suji? Anything on your part that I might have omitted? Uh, no, thank you, Doctor. You've covered. I just want to just add that um, I think just to mention that the N4 to N6, uh, they are registered on the OQSF, so the Occupational Qualification Subframework, and it's not registered on the Umalusi Subframework, the GFED QSF. Thank you. That's all from my side. Uh, Prof. Holming, do you want to say something, Honorable Chair? Prof.? Uh, no, no. I, I think uh, you've answered the question so well, Dr. Akamitsi. I am particularly uh, happy that you clarified uh, why we only issue certain certificates and not others. Uh, uh, the question raised by the Honorable Machese. And, uh, and I think that uh, it is now clear that we can only deal with the certification of qualifications on our sub-framework and N4, N5, N6 is not. And uh, secondly, we can only issue certificates of qualifications at exit points, which is what N3 is. Uh, other than that, I, I, I just uh, wanted to thank you, Dr. Akimetsi, and the Portfolio Committee for uh, raising these questions. For me, it's a learning experience every time I listen. And it helps me personally as chair of council to think thoughts that I otherwise would not have thought. And when we go back, uh, I just wanted to, the portfolio committee to know we report back to council on the questions raised uh, and concerns raised. 
by the Portfolio Committee, and it's contained in both the report by the CEO to Council as well as my report to Exco. So thank you very much for your input. Thank you, Prof. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, colleagues um, from Umalusi. <clears throat> I'd not like to hand over to DG. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Um, I take this opportunity to appreciate the, the responses that um, have been provided by the CEO, Dr. Rakumetsi at Umalusi. Um, indirectly, those questions uh, also implicated uh, some kind of response from the department. And I can take this opportunity to assure the members uh, of um, the Portfolio Committee Chair that um, we, um, we confirm that the responses provided are in an accurate uh, representation of our views, particularly in terms of uh, certificates that are covered within the sub-framework of Malusi and those that are not covered in that sub-framework and where such qualifications are, are issued. Uh, I, 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 suggest, I would suggest that that, that covers the response uh, from, from ourselves. Uh, the, most of these questions, uh, Chair, have been answered. Um, but I, I do wish that we make a few observations as well of our own, uh, just to assure members that uh, where they ask questions, we 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 are also you know um, you know feel we have, we feel we are engaged as well in and implicated. Um, the, the the outstanding. Uh, the, the the outstanding certificates. Um, the CEO for Malusi has uh, made a, a firm suggestion that over and above the existing systems to try and make sure that we deal with uh, any any one of them. Uh, there are regular meetings that needs to take place uh, between our teams. I think we we can. Uh, uh, assure the members that that would, would be done uh, so that uh, uh, we, we are able to, to deal with the, with the issues which uh, are you know, associated with the, the, the outstanding um, uh, certification. Um, I thought it was also important for us to show you know, our unhappiness that it has taken this long to to, to reach this point where at least uh, you know close to 100% of certificates have been issued. Um, I think that uh, in the response of Umalus also it was indicated the processes that needs to be followed in dealing with those um, in, you, know, you know outstanding certificates. And uh, another question around the you know the, the system itself, you know, uh, what are we doing to make sure that uh, going forward, uh, the system is, uh, um, you know, is, is, is the integrity of the system assures us that we, we shall not have problems 
of the nature that has been that in the past. Uh, we have previously reported on the progress with regards to this and there are legal issues that the department uh, is currently dealing with which have delayed us uh, in, 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 you know, finalizing uh, the, 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 the systemic improvements, but we're working on that as well to making sure that we depart completely yeah, from, you know, the, the, the legacy systems that may have uh, given us the challenges that we have. Um, I wish to take this opportunity as well to give my colleagues uh, the DDGs uh, that are here, Mr. Sam Zung in particular, just a chance to chair, if you agree, uh, to pick up if there are any other issues that uh, may not have been covered in the responses that are, pro- are provided. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Chair. DDG Zomo. Uh, th- thank you, Honorable Chair, and greetings to you and greetings to honorable members, uh, the Deputy Minister, the DG, and the colleagues from the other entities. Um, Chair, I think most of the questions uh, from honorable members have been uh, addressed uh, uh, extensively. Um, I think one would probably note some of the recommendations that have been made, uh, particularly from Honorable Manani, so in terms of <clears throat> the action plan uh, that uh, we'll have to work on based on slide 10 that we provided, but also the issue around the communication of the, uh, you know, the progress that have been made as per slide nine of our presentation. And I think indeed, Honorable Manani, so it is a good story to tell. I think a lot of progress has been made in this regard. And also what uh, the CEO of Malus was saying, we shall then be able to guard against any regression that might arise so that we are not finding ourselves relaxed that we've now achieved and therefore relaxed. So I think we are gonna be working on that. Uh, I think, Honorable Chair, that those will just be my comments. Thank you very much for the opportunity, uh, DG. Chair, uh, 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 I just want to check if Dr. Lewin um, would like to, to add and uh, Ms. Kasa. From our side then, in that regard, Chair, we, we are covered and uh, we would like to take this opportunity to thank you for providing us with the opportunity to engage on these issues. We have learned a lot from uh, what the colleagues have had to say. And it is clear to us that as much as uh, work has been done and progress has been noted, uh, we will not be uh, happy until we have completely, you know, you know, eradicated uh, the old inefficient systems and implemented the new systems that are aligned to uh, the options that are provided to us with new te- technological uh, innovations of the new industrial revolution. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, DG, and to. <clears throat> all the colleagues who have made uh, their responses. 
Um, Honorable Itzi, I'd like to believe that is a legacy hand. So I'll just uh, move right along. Um, we'd like to begin by noting colleagues who have committed to sending various uh, data sets and detailed information um, in writing. And uh, we, we really implore on colleagues to commit to, um, you know, having sent those within seven days, seven working days. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so, so colleagues, if I were to just conclude um, today's meeting, perhaps let me begin by appreciating um, the assistance we received from Honorable Mashati, the look to the committee uh, earlier on with chairing the meeting. As I said, we were um, bidding farewell one of our staffers, our colleagues from the Parliamentary Constituency Office, DG. These are people who, when we as members of parliament and members of provincial legislature who are deployed to constituency offices are not available um, during the week to, to, um, to, to, to interact with constituents. Um, are, these are the people um, who you know, hold the fort on our behalf um, and uh, while we, 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 we plan again to go to our constituencies on Mondays, which are constituency days, as well as during constituency periods. So it was very important that having worked with her and you know how committed she was, Uyunis Matendra, that um, I, I honor um, this moment where we got to bid her farewell and may her soul rest in peace. Um, so having said that, colleagues, uh, I think if we were to conclude this meeting, we would agree that um, indeed we recognize the 20 um, years of the existence of Uma Lucy and, um, you know, uh, true to the nature of this portfolio committee, Stella invite CEO as Tanushi Watinasi Committee. We like to be part and parcel uh, and integrated with our various stakeholders. So Stella invite to that particular celebration. Uh, and then, of course, um, to also indicate that we, we note as a portfolio committee the progress that has been made on the eradication of the certification backlog. And this is a matter that this portfolio committee took to task um, at the start of the civil administration, as Honorable Litsier had, had, had alluded to. And um, again, it's so refreshing to when, you know, there's a matter that has been of priority to the portfolio committee to see it being addressed and to see progress um, in that regard is, is really always um, you know, refreshing and also inspiring and encouraging for us as honorable members to also continue doing the work that we do. Um, so Honorable Marquesi, I think uh, you know, last week had, had, had indicated her frustrations, I think, with the process of, of this, of being a member of parliament to sit in a committee and feeling as though you don't see um, you know, um, the fruits of your commitment um, to holding the department and institutions accountable. But I think when we see the progress that we're seeing now with Uma Lucy um, and in, re in relation to, to, to the eradication of the certification backlog, um, we, we are reminded that indeed um, the work that we do is important and that um, we, we will at some point see greener pastures and we have seen greener pastures from time to time. So we further implore on um, the various stakeholders, particularly the three stakeholders who um, are directly responsible for matters in relation to certification backlog to um, continue addressing the remaining outstanding certificates. We want to literally see every student 
um, who completed their studies having issued having been issued with a certificate um, in ensuring our government's priority to eradicate poverty, unemployment, and inequality. And, you know, essentially not subjecting students to further suffering by not giving them this essential gold gold ticket or golden ticket, you know, that can really assist them in being active participants of our economy. We are, again, gravely concerned that there are private colleges who owe certification fees to Uma Lucy. Um, uh, and 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 we note the the with concern the impact that this has on the issuing of certificates. Um, we request and implore that the department assists Umalusi to bring the offending colleges to book. Consequence management must be applied, Honorable Mananiso, against those who um, are currently offenders. Um, and as Umam Sibia would say, Mababoshwe, they continue to get away with it without any repercussions. So we also ask that Uma Lucy provide a written response um, on the amount owed, as Honorable Itzia would have alluded to, the amount owed, the number of colleges that owe, the number of certificates affected, a list of colleges that owe the certification fees, the period of the debt, and colleges um, who are essentially serial offenders. And um, we'll request that that information be given to us within the next seven working days. On quality assurance, we recommend that DHEAD ensures that examiners appointed for the um, for the TVET college exams are qualified and that there's continuous training provided in that regard. These are the concerns we even, you know, have alluded to. I think last week, DG, um, when we were speaking about funding and we were saying, look, we, 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 we are not only fixated around funding for tuition, but also funding for the, the sustenance um, of the sector at large. And so those are the matters that also come to attention in terms of training that needs to be resourced. And of course, we further recommend that, um, the, that the department issues directive timelessly to ensure the implementation of, of examination-related um, requirements we recommend the department strengthens its monitoring and evaluation of private TVET colleges, as Uma Lucy has reported that most of the exam irregularities occur um, within private colleges. And then in terms, sticking to the matter of um, illegal colleges, um, we recommend that the department send the committee, or we rather request um, the department send to the committee a detailed report on illegal colleges that were closed and criminalized. Um, further, the department um, should uh, dedicate a unit where the public can send information or whistleblow on the illegal colleges. And I think Honorable Mananiso spoke at length on this matter. And I know our colleagues from um, Umalusi uh, uh, indicated that they, they, they could not hear um, Honorable Mananiso clearly, but she has also um, uh, shared um, her questions and comments on the chat, and we would request that um, when we do send forth the, the written responses, that um, Honorable Mananiso's questions be adequately responded to as well. And then lastly, in relation to the dissemination of information on the registered private institutions, we ask that, that those should be broadcasted across many platforms and not be limited to internet to enable those without access to, mo to modern devices um, access to information as well. And I think that's just true to the nature of what this committee um, always speaks to in terms of ensuring access to education, access to the space, um, and, and decentralizing um, accessibility, if that makes sense. You know, um, so really being um, able to ensure that we have done our part uh, as government uh, um, and its entities 
in, in, in making these opportunities accessible to citizens of this country. So honorable members, I'd like to really thank you. I'd also like to see a moment where, you know, like we were referring to honorable Mananiso when we were speaking about poetry last week, um, when we were uh, interacting with, um, with, um, with NASFAS, we, we would like to see a moment where we no longer refer to uh, legacy systems being a hindrance um, to the work that we are trying to do um, in CETA, but not only in CETA, but an, a myriad of, of institutions within the sector. Um, you know, so uh, at some point we, we, we would like to have addressed issues in relation to legacy systems. In fact, this, this matter of legacy systems, I think I was first brought to its understanding um, on this matter in relation to um, certification backlog. And then um, I think uh, I think that will be it then, colleagues. I think that brings us to the end of our meeting. I'd like to really thank all of you for availing yourselves. Um, on Friday, we, we will be dealing with IKS, and I think we'll also adopt uh, some reports which should be sent to members by today for you to, to go through. Um, but otherwise, uh, I think that is it. Uh, members will also receive information from time to time in relation to the colloquium um, on, on, on institutional autonomy, a colloquium we've been trying to sit for a very long time. And I would like to believe that it will um, finally sit on Tuesday next week um, for us to, to be able to address those pertinent matters in relation to institutional autonomy. So colleagues, having said that, thank you so much. Um, this meeting is officially adjourned. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you, DG. Recording stopped. Provolmic. Thank you, Honorable. Yes, as Prof. Volnik left. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I wish them well in their endeavors after they've left Umalus. They've done a good job, those colleagues there.